0: When I wake up in the morning and the longest I don't want it, I don't think I'll ever make it on time By the time I got my books and I give myself a look I'm at the
1: corner just in time to see the bus fly by
0: It's
1: alright cause I'm safe out of jail Hello and welcome to Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple and Better. I'm JP And I'm Gareth Hello, are we lads? We took a week off, the, uh, the match, match of the Year podcast marathon of, uh, of five hours. Yes, Andy Ogden, we did beat your record. Uh, we felt like it was enough to, uh, to last people for a couple of weeks, so hopefully uh, people haven't missed us uh, missed us too much. But yeah, uh, there wasn't much to talk about last week, last week either, was the JP, so that was the, uh, the other reason. But I don't know, I feel like five hours of us was enough.
2: Yeah, it really, I mean, five hours of myself is far <laughs> too much time, and I am me. So like anything beyond that, I suppose we're we're kind of pushing it. And what was funny is we were kind of up for doing a show Mm. last week, really. But there was fuck all to talk about. Mm. And it's not like you were going to get like a kind of in-depth breakdown of the Peacock deal. Mm. Certainly enough detail of like beyond they're making a lot more money. Mm. than they are for a substandard product but yeah it was like there wasn't necessarily too much and we'd kind of killed our vocal cords the week before Mm. five hours what
1: what more do you want folks (laughs) and
2: we'll come round to that and what you can get well there is that too
1: um but yeah instead we just spent our time doing the up next rumble didn't we jp and uh both getting eliminated uh, pretty early on to be fair actually i i did last a while i I pulled the uh, the old road dog tactic of like Clinging onto the bottom rope and, and hiding in the chat in uh, in plain sight and uh, managed to be one of the last Brits eliminated. although no, not entirely the last Brit. I think it was uh, Chris Elliott, one of our our listeners, who actually uh, who won the whole thing. He won but, it. Yeah, we all we all turned on each other as well. I don't know if you had a chance to see it, Gareth, but it was uh, it wasn't a pretty sight. You know, uh, poor poor Steph got picked on by waiting. Uh, being being JP and Steph picked up picked on Martin. He got eliminated quite early on. Steph and JP were turning <laughs> on each other. It was it was a whole yeah. thing. She went that straight sounds, for me. Like, sounds right. fucking
3: messy. But <laughs>
0: wasn't it, there? It,
2: yeah, there the, the was none of this kind of Nia, Jackson, Shayna working together stuff and then turning on each other. Really, which didn't make any sense within that. There was a lot. There was a lot of just people turning on each other straight away. Mm. Um, I don't know. I stay. I wasn't the first one out, and that's what I was looking for. Yeah, and then and that and that not being the case, I thought I'm fine from it. And I went in with incredibly low expectations, so they were fulfilled.
1: I got I got eliminated. It was bloody good laugh. It was it was good. It was good fun. You know,
2: I, fuck me, they took
1: on a challenge. Oh, them too. Like, they were like how they did that, like, the amount of questions, they had to have up the sleeve and the amount of organisation behind it as well. Um, yeah, and I was just bitter, though, because I got eliminated when uh, my question was, who did Stephanie McMahon face it? I think it was SummerSlam 2014. And I was proud of myself that I remembered that she faced one of the Bellas, but I went with Nikki Bella, and it was Brie, apparently, there. So, you know, oh. I don't mind going out on that, though. It, I feel like that's close enough. I, I was asked what the main event of Destination
2: X 2007 was. I
1: know, I was very quarters. disappointed in you, GP. Quarter to two in the
2: morning, <laughs> just reciting mid-2000s pay-per-view main event. It was just like, I don't And the whole time I thought, is this some kind of trick question? Was it an All-X Division 1 before they'd stopped doing that? Mm. And then, obviously I was wrong because it was Christian Cage versus Samoa Joe. How very timely to bring him up. Um, uh, both of them po- were there last night. You TNA poser. I'm
1: not doing that. No, uh, where's all the T-shirts, <laughs> Gareth? He's like one of them people you see them in like a band T-shirt. Mm. They don't actually own any of the albums, though. No, <laughs> come on. I've got a
2: year one best of uh, TNA where they talk about doing up the asylum and all sorts. I bought off them. It's not very good. <laughs> like, yeah. I, uh, but, like, I, remembering that stuff... Mm. I, and the thing is, it probably is at the good kind of booking time of it. But I was completely thrown. I was kind of open for some Royal Rumble questions. There mm. was another. There was another couple we were asked like, who did what was the first match to have appeared on Raw? Mm. And because you're on video, there's no way of cheating mm. really, unless you're <laughs> incredibly subtle with your hands, which I'm oh. not.
1: Oh, Steph, one hundred percent got screwed. Their question was, uh, "Who was the last ECW champion?" To which she correctly mm. answered Rhino, and apparently the answer is Ezekiel Jackson because WWE ECW was a thing. Unbelievable! <laughs> I tight. didn't blame her. But... Yeah, <laughs> WWE ECW doesn't count in anyone's mind. No. doesn't exist.
2: Oh. It'd be like counting the WCW title when the invasion angle happened. <laughs> I've not a fucking clue who held the belt over that point in time.
1: It's like that a- angle, Steve Austin. It's any title, or isn't it? I've got like I said that to Braden and David, because they didn't like, like their their questions. They were pulling were great, like but you know, anything past 2005, you got no chance of me at oh, all. I could probably, if you sat me down and, like, my life depended on it, or it was, like, who wants to be a millionaire or something, and I could get win a million pounds for answering it, I could probably get you most of the, like, the world champions up until the early 2000s after that. Like, it's just a blare, isn't it? I couldn't tell you what happened on mm. Raw two months ago. Never mind, last year I didn't even know Goldberg had a match on the. Rumble. We're about to review the Rumble later on. I didn't even know Goldberg was wrestling until a day before. That's how little I know about modern day WWE. That's, but, where, it's just,
3: that's where I just find it like mentalist. I, I think I'm all right. General, I was all right generally for like a while, where it would just be like the Big Four, mm. and then once it started to like expand beyond the Big Four pay per views with WWF, like it's when you like see these like people these days and they're like oh yeah like unforgiven 2003 or something like that and i'm just like how the fuck can you remember that do do you remember
2: judgment day 2007 no no i don't (laughs) and like if you told me now that event didn't take place i'd say yeah fair enough probably
3: (laughs) yeah and and i I don't even know when like because sometimes you get these wwe pay-per-views and they're like they maybe only happened twice the name of some event and like as far as I know, it could be this uh, one that it's it's happened for ten years or it's happened once kind of thing because the the names just sound so generic kind of thing. The you mm. know, unforgiven or like uh, you know whatever bad blood or something like that. Which the one that day. came to like, mind? Like who knows? Like these these could be. As far as I'm aware, these these could have happened for twenty years or one year. Like I've got <laughs> no idea.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's rough like i i just i think that about like do to be in general because i always think like imagine somebody competent got like hold of do the beam was like no we're gonna things are gonna actually matter now we're gonna you know we're gonna do decent storylines and you know your investment's gonna be rewarded and you know you're gonna you're gonna be rewarded for actually knowing our history and knowing what happened three weeks ago on smackdown the problem is, they've got 20 years, 20 years baked in of just nothing mattering. Like, you know, oh, oh great, Shinsei Nakamura wins, wins a Rumble. Yeah, he already won one a few years ago. You know, it's like, oh, Shinsei yeah, Nakamura is going to face, you know seen or like he's gonna face like a big star he probably faced him at some point on a raw or smackdown already everything's already been done you know what i mean like think of someone like him he's been in WWE for like how many years now six years or something it's nuts like think about think of all the all that's the insane. disposable content that's happened on Raws and smackdowns like i can i can tell you the full history of the WWE from like 1984 to 1999 but like anything after it like more like it's just it's a blare of just Content, content, content.
3: And that's uh, we'll get to it. But for me, that was like one of the biggest things with like the Rumble last night was mm. was 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 that. I think it was that. there was like an underlying element of that for, mm. for me within mm. with, within the Royal Rumble last mm. night. But
1: we won't get there just yet. Yeah, we'll get yeah. there eventually. Um, but yeah, I was gonna say. I mean obviously, we'll uh, we'll talk that later. We've got um, you know we plugged Pugman plugged and if you do want to listen to me and JP on the Up Next Rumble, uh, getting all those trivia questions wrong, you can go check that out. I was gonna say as well while we were busy doing that, Gareth, you were busy on. Uh, on Alan Farrell's podcast to uh, to follow up on the uh, on the match of the year chat as well, I uh, very much enjoyed that. Yeah, uh, going through the uh, the old grapple app and the uh, the history of.
3: Yeah, no, that was that was good. It was um, it was it was just quite nice, really, just to kind of sit and just talk about kind of the whole thought process of putting grapple together and you know, like the mm-hmm. sort of taking it from an idea and like getting it all, you know getting it all where it is today kind of thing and Mm. ultimately ending up on here as well talking about stuff as well so then so it was uh you mean when uh, you politicked
1: joe out of the 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 season (laughs) (laughs) didn't happen no (laughs) (laughs) when
3: i did you two a favor
1: (laughs) saved us to be fair didn't he jp he
2: did did. and now
3: about my life and now my life is a, is is outside of a full-time job and two kids is now updating a spreadsheet and cramming nine hours of wrestling into four hours on a Monday. So i something <laughs> to talk about, but I uh, you know,
1: but I love it. You, yeah, <laughs> well, Just, Nice to
3: see you two guys once a week.
1: How, how do you feel about seeing us more than once a week, Gareth? Because... Uh... Yeah, that might be uh, something we could talk about here. That's a uh, that's a good. Well,
3: I, I mean, I, I mean, I did enjoy seeing you on uh, on Friday. That was nice having a having a pint. Uh, just a, just a random <laughs> random chat.
1: Indeed. Yeah. Well, that's it. Like you, hopefully, Sarah's is braced for this because, uh, yeah, we all are. Gonna be, uh, be seeing a, a lot more of each other if, uh, if you've gotten this far on the podcast, you've probably seen the uh, description uh, in the episode, but. You know, we'll say by popular demands because people have asked us um, for a while, mm-hmm. and you know we've, especially uh, especially you, J P. You've said before you're the ideas man when it comes to this podcast. You're brimming full of uh, ideas for content and different stuff we can do. Russo, <laughs> yeah. Russo, Russo. I wasn't going to say you were the Russo, but you know, uh... <laughs> I'm the Russo. I, just, I, I know my role. Well, uh, Russo I... with awareness. <laughs> <laughs> if there is such a thing. Yeah, we'll take that. we we'll he had some good years in there at part points. Um yeah, we you know, we, <laughs> we've we got to say we've had... You know, plenty of ideas for, for extra stuff we can do. People have asked for, you know, uh, for more retro content from us, and you know, we pretty much spent a year teasing it. But yes, we can announce today officially. We have launched the the Grapple Spotlight Patreon. It is patreon.com slash grapple. Links are throughout the episode description. Uh, you're not going to be able to to move on Twitter without uh, one of us plugging it mm. this week. Um, but yeah, we've uh, we finally hit the button, uh, and yeah, we uh, we're gonna have uh, plenty uh, for people. To, if people aren't sick of us enough uh, with that five-hour mammoth podcast the other week and the Christmas podcast, and the two to three hours we do, uh, we do every Monday, we're gonna, uh, we're gonna uh, fill their feeds even more, aren't we, JP?
2: We are with loads of stuff, and we've got three brilliant tiers for it. Shall we, should we go through them?
1: We can go through what them. Do Let's think? do
2: it. We 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 can indeed. So I've got it. I've got it up there. There's a terrible picture of me on there. <laughs> um, Gareth looks like he's bollocking me in a bocker shirt, and Beno having a laugh at it. Yeah. Um, but yes, uh, yes, there are there are three tiers. He mm. can if he can never get the right fucking page up. There we go. Um, you can expect this pro- professional uh, broadcast style oh, yeah. uh, in the Patreon. Yeah, there is. Yeah, it's 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 completely professional as you'll discover on the first podcast where it goes <laughs> off the rails pretty fucking quickly um no the the so we've got uh three tiers obviously that's how patreon works um the first tier the one i'll talk about is uh it's 550 a month mm-hmm. it's the Greggle tier um and basically for what is effectively the same cost not exact because it depends on geography and how much gregs are in newcastle compared to london is a different beast different conversation for another time Effectively, the cost of a coffee and a steak bake, you're yeah. going to get um, a bonus podcast every week, um, mm. which will be either sort of one of the flashback episodes and the retro reviews. Uh, uh, the patrons, you get to vote mm. um, for the kind of topic that we're going to discuss. Mm. Um, Grapple mixtape, where there's going to be a sort of discussion on a group series of matches from history. Um, Ask Grapple mm. as well. Um, and then we've already recorded the first one, which is the Wrestling Film Club. Yes. Um, or giveaway. Yes, we uh shall we say what it is? It's uh we we had a look at a no holds barred. Mm. And if you wanna know what our opinions are on that, you have to subscribe to the Patreon. That's how it works. Money for goods and services.
1: Oh yeah, and we going to, like no holds barred the first one because obviously yep. if we we're gonna do like a wrestling film club, it was gonna be no holds barred. But we kind of see it. Yeah, we'll, we'll find excuses like like we like we say on, on that podcast. There's uh, there's all kinds of you know wrestlers that turn up in movies from you know from Roddy Piper doing They Live to you know we'll find excuses to uh, to squeeze mm. in films where you're uh, you might get the odd wrestler turning it up in the background and that you know it's uh it's uh, a whole world of a uh, wrestler movies out there we can do.
2: Oh, yeah. Um, Some absolute shite as well. And we've got some ideas but we're going to kind of keep to that because it also relates into another tier that I won't be going into. Mm -hmm. The shit Um, of
3: the better on them films as well.
2: Yeah. It's it's a bit (laughs) torturous for us but fuck it, I'll do it. (laughs) Um for a few quid. Mm. Um says a lot about me. Yeah, and then on top of that as well, um occasionally there's gonna be sort of the odd weekend preview show, depending for those those sort of big weekends, mm. sort of very mini news updates, uh, bonus round table. So yeah, that's the that's the five fifty a month Greggle tier. Mm. That's a lot for five fifty JP. It's a hell of a lot for five fifty. <laughs> but Gareth, can you tell me what you can get even for even more on the next tier <laughs> up? well we didn't to, we, to we fair, didn't we did we didn't practice this at all by
1: the way i'm loving this i, I,
3: I mean to be fair this is benno's tier, this one isn't it really yes he kind of phrase so i think uh, i think should leave this one to
1: benno oh okay well yeah so then the next tier up is the is the nine pounds a month tier. um it's our live tier it's the well it's the brit res is dead tier. um so yeah brit res might be dead but we're live pal so yeah that's uh that's how we've uh, we've swung it So if, uh, for that little bit of extra money uh, as it says on the tin, you get live stuff um so as well as you know all of those uh, those bonus podcasts we're going to be you know we've been trialing it over the last year or so and um, we first trial doing live audio and we've done a little bit of, of live video but mm-hmm. essentially subscribe to that team you'll get to uh, to watch us uh, live every week do spotlights every Monday night sometimes Tuesdays usually Monday night though um and we'll uh, obviously use the Patreon to uh, to like uh, you know uh, as and when that's happening, but yeah, we'll be doing you know little pre shows and uh, and post shows as well um, for the people who subscribe at that level, so you get a little bit of uh, of extra uh, on top of the spotlight shows, and yeah, we'll also be doing well, our version. Um, if you if you follow the uh, the, the post Patreon and they do the, they did do their their hangouts for a while, um, we'll be doing uh, our version. We call Nick Grapple Happy Hour, uh, which is once a month. Uh, we'll uh, we'll all be grabbing a beer and having a, a bit of a live chat uh taking calls and uh just chatting to uh the, the people who've subscribed at that tier so you'll you'll get that too um so all of the all of the live stuff uh that we'll be doing plus yeah all of the, the uh the bonus uh stuff that uh the jp mentioned there as well so yeah that's the that's the one for the uh, the hardcore fans for the, the people who uh who wanted to uh, tune in with us uh every monday night and uh, and be a little part of the show
3: yeah, and uh, the, the last tier, I was going ah, <laughs> yeah. to leave it to me. I have You're taking the in the tier, big money I?
1: tier.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you could go with the king of the mountain tier. And again, I kind of feel like I should have done the first one. I should have been leaving this one to you, JP, with the, uh, yeah. with the Jeff Jarrett references here. But um, yeah, for, for £25 a month, uh, the, the king of the mountain tier. So you will uh, get creative control. See what we've done there. Um, and by doing that, um, here is where you've got an element where by supporting us at the, at the highest level, you can have an input into to what we do there. So you can um, make suggestions for things that we'll review or you can you know have ideas that you want to put forward for things like the, the flashback shows that we do or the film club or deep dives or anything like that. In essence, with that tier, it's you know your wishes, our command within within a within reason. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, we can uh, not that much know. reason. Though. I, I, I mean, JP will watch anything probably, and wow. anything that anybody suggests. So uh, as long as you uh,
2: as long as you supply it, he'll watch it probably. But,
3: um, but yeah, It, it sounds uh,
2: so fucking suspect when
1: you say it, like it that, is. It's worrying. I'm going to be
2: sent snuff films or stuff.
1: <laughs> I was going to say as well. We'll we'll limit that. I mean, that one is you know that's the the absolute highest level and it's you know yeah. it's it's equivalent to what like if you were an executive producer on like other patreons we're gonna we're gonna limit it and you know once a month we'll let you know one of those people choose what we're going to review for one of the shows so you'll be able to pick a flashback you'll be able to pick a you know maybe even pick a, a deep dive discussion or, or pick a, a wrestling film you want us to do and we'll basically just rotate um through if you know if people are willing to uh, to back to that level uh those people and yeah, it will be quite an exclusive on that one for uh for the for the, the people who want to uh, back us to level. mm mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, and and obviously that one is a bit higher as well, and obviously it's a, it's a much you know it's much more support that people's given us there. So mm-hmm. um, what there is as well is there's like exclusive merchandise as well. So it's not just about the content, you know. There's um, you know exclusive Grapple goodie bags that will get sent out there with Grapple T-shirts, stickers, pins, and other stickers, little bits and bobs, and things like that as well. So you will get a will get something for your money as well mm-hmm. that you can uh, that you can that you can hold and support Grapple as well, and that, yeah, mm-hmm. other other little. Benefits there, you know, you might get a nice uh, thank you message off JP uh, for just uh, just <laughs> just to just to say thank you, or even me or Benno, one, yeah. of, one of the three of us. Uh, just a, a little thank you for supporting us there. Get your names read out in the credits at the at the end of the uh, end of the show as well. So mm. again, uh, just uh, another way you can you can support us, and also obviously you get access to all the other other stuff that, that, that the lads have referenced there as well.
1: Yeah, and, and JP will come round and wash your car as well. Uh, that's part of it, isn't it, JP? It was not was isn't that part of the thing? Or oh, well, they can't drive. That. So oh, unless
2: they're, they're, like they're coming to fucking Oxford in that case, aren't they? For me to wash their car. <laughs> really to where I live more than anything else. Which if they're willing to pay with that amount of money, 25 quid an hour to wash a car, I'll fucking do
1: it. I'll do it like that. <laughs> oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. But, like like i say that's that's the uh that's like i say that's the executive uh producer tier for uh, anyone who wants to to help us produce the shows but yeah like i said there throughout all the tiers uh the, you know the main crux of the, the patreon will be you know we will be doing the uh the bonus shows um like jp said that uh, it, will, it will vary you know each week you know whether it's a flashback a film review or or one of the other uh categories we've got listed on the on the patreon as well but we'll be throwing all kinds in you know as far as weekend previews go as far as news updates that jp mentioned before and like I say, I might uh, throw a couple of bonus roundtables in there on top of the uh, the free stuff that uh, that JP does on the uh, on the main feed. But that is a main point, you know the, the actual the main podcast itself. You know, spotlight every Monday, still free, um, still the, the mm. same show, uh, all of the same stuff. You know, we're not going to be partitioning off anything we normally um, talk about on a on a spotlight episode and, and pulling it out to to elsewhere. It is going to be purely, you know. It's going to be the same, you know. If 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 there are going to be people out there, I'm sure who want to support us, who can't or whatever, you know, share the link maybe. i throw the throw the link on Twitter. Mm. You know that that's always helpful. Give us a good review somewhere, um, or just in general, you know, where, you know, we, we will take you. We will take your support where we can take it. But for the people who can and the people who people who want to, it's it's just more stuff essentially uh, on top of uh, what we're going to be giving up for free. And like I say, um, you're going to get extra shows for the people who want to back us at that higher level. You'll get uh, the live. Video stuff as well. Um, and yeah, it's just going to be, unfortunately, Phil, or oh, fortunately, uh, more of us, I think.
2: Oh, I, th- I think they love a bit more of us. Well, we just give a lot of ourselves out in the fucking first place. Hey, look, we, we really?
1: spend a lot of time doing this stuff. So, I mean, that is, it. Yeah. that is a serious point. You know, like if people want to, you know, it's just yeah. a case of, you know, the, for, for one thing, you know, we've been doing this podcast for a few years. So, you know, if, that, if, it's, uh, mm-hmm. if you can uh, and you want to, you know, you can, can support uh, the, the work that's gone into it the last few years. But again, you know, entirely optional. Yes. Can't force, but I will get guilt trip you. Just think about how
2: many hours you've had.
0: <laughs>
2: stay, stay, stay bay in a coffee and considering, like, if you went to Costa, fucking outrageous some of the prices for a proper venti <laughs> coffee. I haven't been in ages. I'm too scared. But, yeah. Very true. Um,
1: but, yeah.
2: Patreon.com forward slash grapple.
3: Yes. Yeah, I was going to say it'll be all over over Twitter. It just feels weird though, listening to uh, <laughs> listening to you running through that. There, it's, mm. it feels like the end of Greece or something like that. Where like Danny Zuko has gone into been like <laughs> Danny Zuko has gone jock or something like that. <laughs> 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 it's uh, it's a bit o- o- odd hearing you to uh, on the hard sell.
1: I, 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 you know, we sold uh, out. We sold yeah, out. I, know, I was going to say right. didn't we, sell out, JP. We bought in. <laughs>
2: That's uh, oh, the Alex exactly. Shelley promo
1: line uh, way back in the day said. And if you want some content like that, there might be uh, some retro RH content appearing in that feed too, you know? Um, but yeah, like, like JP said, uh, this week we're going to be blasting out the, uh, the Film Club uh, first episode where we talk about No Holds Barred. JP's going to be dropping some news updates in. And then, yeah, starting next week. Uh, Spotlight will be live every week. So, you know, we'll have to uh, make sure we do our hair and, uh, and get ourselves ready because, yeah, you'll have to look at uh, our ugly mugs uh, every Monday as well.
3: And it was a fucking good show. That No Old Sparrow show as well. I really enjoyed that.
1: Yes.
0: There
2: you go. <laughs> a wild conversation. There were things brought up in there to possibly review as well where I'm thinking, yeah, I could do that. To, to link it to wrestling is a is a touch but Gareth managed to find a way Indeed. and you can find out if you listen to it on the Patreon is that enough shilling yeah. I think that's enough shilling I'll be honest JP I, just, is, I need industry's it industry's built on
1: it why can't we join in for once <laughs> right. uh, well so far we've had like Will Cooling was number one Will Cooling you got, you got a mm. sneak preview of the uh, of the Patreon uh, link and he was the very first to sign up so we'll will forever be our, our first patron I'm pretty sure my mum signed up too um, so there's that you know so <laughs> I'll take the the support where we can get it. Listen, I need the money, lads. i literally—if anyone saw her on Twitter last week—somebody stole my purple bin again, so I had to go to the council and pay for another purple bin. So you know, there's uh, times are hard round here, mate. It's—it's it's, you get all manner
2: of bad vibes, internet problems, fucking that bloke outside who was oh. just staring at the flats. <laughs> the purple bins being nicked. Oh, I made right, a war.
1: I'm
2: very gentrified time, where I?
1: you are. I know. Wait, it sounds like fucking like Beirut in the 80s. What's going on? I, honestly, I think my next door neighbor's just fucking with me because, like, yeah, I my mean, be, be purple bin was... Mm. It was out there ready for, for bin collection day full. Got, went out the next day, it was gone. And I'm pretty sure my next door neighbour has stolen it off me, but I don't have enough evidence to prove it. I also think the next door neighbour... Uh, I'm just getting into it now. Um, she's got a dog, and I feel like... Basically, she just lets the dog shit in the street, and that happens everywhere. You know, it's not, it's one of those things, unfortunately. And um, mm. it's a, maybe it's a, it's a very mersey side problem, but I'm sure Garrett can attest to it, it happens uh, even in the nicer areas as well. Uh, people are scum. If you've got a dog, clean up after it. But a dog, but I'm pretty, <laughs> but I'm pretty sure it's here. i I'm getting, I'm getting into the weeds now. Somebody mm. had their dog shit on my welcome mat outside my, my front door. That's right. where we've got to.
3: There's, there's I, I, a- I th- so I, I, I think your next door neighbor's a big Brit rest fan of you and they're just getting their payback.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: so I, I feel like I'm being attacked
3: for months, and, and he's fucking moved next door. My dog is going to shit on
2: his fucking welcome mat. <laughs> there's, there's one simple way around this, all right? You collect the shit you put it in a paper bag you put a couple of bangers in it and straight through a fucking letterbox I think I'm going to have to I've said when she comes out you just say you fuck with the bull you get the horns (laughs) alright and there's more of that where it came from because your dog's just producing it so
1: Uh... something's going to have to change and it's not going to be you I've said, I'm one of them guys now. I've literally I've got like I've got a CCTV camera outside the front of my house. I'm gonna get the bastards, and I'm gonna be <laughs> I've got I'm gonna I'm gonna be on like what's like on Channel Five where it's like neighbors at war and all those type of TV shows. I'm gonna be on it, um, and your Patreon money will fund it. Just um, <laughs> <this> war. <laughs> I might just buy an army of purple bins and just like cover the entire front of my house, and then no one can shit outside my house. You know, there's there's, there's, there's there's things I can do. Can you nick her a purple bin? I was thinking of it. I was I mean, thinking yeah. Mm,
2: and then just get some paint and just, like, put your number on top of it. There just, you I go. don't know what you're on about. It says, you know, it's, I know it's not your number, but it says 23 <laughs> on it. And she'll argue the toss and go, look, you remember the banger in the bin, the bag stuff? All right, there's more where this fucking comes from. There you go. Sorry. <laughs> I'm completely goading you on in this feud with someone who may or may not be to blame, but I think a couple of weeks ago we we accused Denise Van enough, or I did, of some terrible, terrible things. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, after that talk, and after uh, it was Ian Andrew Dice Clow posted the uh, the link on Twitter to the uh, the big the big breakfast clip with Yokozuna, yeah. I watched that this week the the Yokozuna documentary on the uh, on the network, and wouldn't you know it? And I didn't expect this to ever happen. Some big breakfast footage on the WWE network. Uh, they included it, so they're either listening to us or following Ian on Twitter. But I feel like somebody mm. in the WWE is uh, is paying attention there.
2: Was it good? She flirts with him. Well, they're flirting the whole time. Mm. Which I don't know how he can roll out. I mean, like, there's just logistically, it's, it's somewhat of a nightmare. Because he's kind of like Jabba at that mm. point, really, isn't he? In, uh, at the beginning of Return of the Jedi. Just kind of lying there. Um, <laughs> yeah. Did oh. she kill him? Can we put that to bed? <laughs> I'm not convinced.
1: Uh, I don't think Gosh, so. I am convinced. Hmm. <laughs> killed killed him with kindness. Now they they don't mention that. Yeah, the documentary is actually actually decent. They don't. Uh, they, unfortunately, they, they don't mention the uh, the spider uh, angle that appeared in uh, in all the uh, the British tabloids and uh, that we talked about on. Uh, in the first twenty minutes of that match of the year podcast, that we basically spent talking about women's extreme wrestling and Yokozuna, shot window. You know, any new listeners, yeah. uh, they know what they're getting in for. Um But yeah, that stuff didn't come up at all. Um But it actually, yeah, it is a decent little documentary. Like as much as you know, as we're going to talk about later, I'm you know not high on it, on WWE's product when it comes to documentaries mm. and such. That you know, there's not they're not always hits. You know, uh, I didn't think the Undertaker documentary was particularly good, even though. You know, it got a claim in a lot of areas, but generally speaking, I like their stuff like that. And yeah, it, it was fun. You know, getting like uh, talking head stuff from you know Fatu and uh, Rikishi, and from mm. Roman Reigns uh, having a little burial, of Hulk Hogan in there, which was uh, was interesting. And Hogan himself trying to defend the uh, the old whole WrestleMania Nine situation uh, when he came in and won the belt. And the best part is like. Yoko doesn't seem to give one fuck. You know, he he seemed to just be happy he was champion even for a few seconds, um, before he lost that belt to Hogan. Because really, like as they explain in the documentary, he was quite happy he was going to then spend the summer working with Hogan in Europe because he knew that was going to do monster business. And you know, even at that stage in Hogan's career, it did. But Bret Hart didn't miss the opportunity. Like it was like this documentary is about Yokozuna, and Bret Hart spent about five minutes whining about how he thought he thought the new generation was going in the right direction with all these workers, and then Hogan ruined it at Mania Nine. It was like Bret Mace, It's not about you, you know. Like it's you know save this. Like he can't Ah, help himself. The positive and negative of Bret Hart. The positive and negative, Bret Hart, isn't it? That he takes himself far too seriously, and you're gonna yeah. get that with Bret Like that's just that's just Bret
2: He is quite often justified in some of these things, though, because mm. like I, I don't know. I will always I'm always happier to go with. You know, he's obviously not a perfect human being, mm. but generally in the scheme of things, the way that he thought wrestling should be mm. and the fucking job that he did as well mm. is like is. He, like i'll always like him for that and the fact that i fucking hate hogan makes it so easy i mean it's a bad mania that one isn't it mania 9 remembering mm. back on it oh, I, i've I'm got good awesome memories of it
1: and it's one of those shows though where it's 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 the, for me like the typical one that i had i had on video and i just rewatched it all the time so to me like the whole shitty you know is it a Trump building? It's a Trump building, is it? Trump something yep. or The other toga stuff at Caesar's Palace. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, you got that fun. Well, he's Atlantic tag. City. Yeah, he's at like, yeah. I don't.
2: Think
1: so was that, a that was four and five. So I don't think oh, it's right. Trump. It'd be, yeah, it be yeah. Caesar's Palace wasn't it? Yeah, Caesar's Palace. Yeah, but like as a as a venue and as a unique look on WrestleMania as a kid, I thought it was great. Um, despite the fact that uh, the Hogan goes over at the end.
2: That was always the killer for me. Hogan mm. goes over and it just made me... Uh, doing it in those red tights, which mm. is, you know, a bit like in No Hold bard, really. He's really very fucking...
1: And he looks cool, like he's, right, like he's like lost about... For a few years. ...150 pounds worth of muscle as well. Like, he's so skinny. Oh, yeah. Mm. Had he been like, he'd been on Arsenio Hall by that point? Yeah, I think it was
2: right after yeah. all. Yeah. Mm. And the prayers and vitamins have proven to be a complete fucking hoax. Weren't <laughs> I,
3: I just remember that fucking tag team match going on forever. Like that, where he was like with Beefcake against Money Inc. It just felt like never ending. It oh. felt like the longest, as, as a kid watching that, it just felt like the longest match in history. And then it was just a load of fucking bollocks anyway. And then mm. just obviously ended up with that fucking shit show happening at the end. Like, I'm now very much pro Brett taking any chance he can to have a pop at Hulk Hogan about WrestleMania 9. And if he yeah. wants to do it on a Yokozuna documentary or any documentary, go ahead, Brett, lad. <laughs>
1: stick it to it. You could argue I think we need more what Yoko like would have wanted. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You you could argue we need more wrestlers to take it seriously, you know. Maybe maybe mm. that's uh, maybe that's the difference there. Um, but no, that WrestleMania Nine Slander, it is the show with start Steiner Brothers and Head Trinkers on. We all do need to remember that. Great match. Uh, it's Tanker Shaw Is it Taker well. a, take a giant Gonzalez? Gonzalez, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's on that, yeah. One of those one of those famous Undertaker DQ finish uh, WrestleMania matches before well, Undertaker it, WrestleMania matches mattered.
2: Is it as good as the stretcher match with Sid? Well, he had in WCW. Well,
1: there's one way you can find out, JP. Grapple yeah, Flashback, yeah. you know, <laughs> one of the, uh, maybe one day <laughs> it could be a review. Is that our next review? We will, talked ourselves into it.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. You and that, you will hear these kind of cheap plugs throughout the show many, many times. Look, it's you fresh, you think, everyone. Oh, for fuck's sakes. So, yeah, just,
1: just give us the money and we might shut up about it, but we probably won't. Anyway, there we go. Uh, I was going to say as well, uh, before we get into uh, the actual uh, review stuff we're going to do today, a uh, couple of big deaths since we last recorded. Um, Dustin Diamond, mm. uh, the former Screech, um, died, died today. Um, also, Rob McMahon um, died since we last recorded. I'm, I'm not going to mm. make any any of the jokes that I made on Twitter um, about Rob McMahon and about how, you know, if it can happen to Rod... Um, anywho <laughs> but yeah uh, those were uh, those were some stories that happened over the last couple of weeks JP they were I mean I would say with the
2: Rod McMahon story I would, like you look at those lads oh as kids how the fuck how the fuck were they not brought in as some enormous host tag team mm-hmm. they're built like the fucking road warriors <laughs> they are like between them they really are mm. they they like there should have been an all Japan tour Mm-hmm. with them on board but i think there are a couple of builders which is entirely up to them they seem perfectly happy with it um was he the good mcmahon then because i always wondered as well were well, like cause it always about vince's early life and his childhood quite often you'd hear it and sky oh, this is bullshit
1: i feel He's like a bullshit merchant it's a bit and like he would have
2: called bullshit on it
1: but... if i mean i'm not equating Vince McMahon to hitler but if hitler had a brother you would probably say he would be the good hitler just saying. <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> What could, a hell he of an were... analogy that is. <laughs> could he be worse than... That's the thing, because I, I made oh, the joke on Twitter of, no. you know, if Rod's died, then you're saying there's a chance that it could happen to an invincible mm. Vince man. And I, had, uh, I got a little bit of grief about that. I was just like, I mean, are we really coming to the defense of evil megalomaniac billionaires? Like, would it be that much of a tragedy? Sorry. I think I'm just channeling Joe. I think I've just turned into Joe. I think that's what it is. I think so.
2: I think the the spirit of Joe lives within all of us in, 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 in many ways. Um, but, but yeah. Um, there was rumour, wasn't he? You pulling, the strings. To... pulling the strings all along. was just of hands four. there. No, yeah. I suppose our last ask is it hereditary? Question. Whatever it is. Yeah, question mark. Like, I know this is probably seems in terribly poor taste, but he seems to live a good life. That house and the couple of photos he had looked pretty decent. So you mm. think, yeah, he did all right for himself. Probably didn't want to associate with that cunt of a brother. I wouldn't blame him.
1: Well, there was um, a rumour he was supposed to do that role when uh, the whole Benoit stuff happened when Vince, you know, that upstanding human being that it would be such a tragedy if he ever passed on, uh, was doing a, a mock uh, death of himself and uh, had the announcers do their, you know, Owen Hart voices and all of that and then I think they were going to do a funeral on Raw, weren't they? And then Benoit happened so they cancelled all of that. But apparently I think that was the one time Rod McMahon was uh, alleged to have been getting involved in a WWE story. They were going to have him on Raw. Should, if they brought the last. With them as backup though, JP. You know, there was money in that. Those lads against Shane. Oh, there was. Yeah, and eventually
2: them becoming Shane's like, kind of, like muscle. The as real as well. Mean Street like,
1: Posse? Why were they not the Mean Street Posse?
2: <laughs> There's a whole angle there, and then it, all you need to do is just stick him in with Williams and Gordy and all Japan for a little bit, of <laughs> fucking smarten the boys up. Like, honestly he would have printed money. Like, just a license to do that at, at, at that point. Um... Yeah, I was going to say something about Vince, but it's completely gone out of the window, other than he's still a prick. Very wealthy prick uh, at this point, even more. And
1: almost 80, individual. just saying. Just saying. Yeah.
3: Well, well, normally people go like, when when this conversation starts, people go like, oh, well, Vince's mum lived till she was in the hundreds. Well, his dad didn't, and his brother didn't. <laughs> so, you know. Just saying. You know. Just saying, yeah. It's the people don't normally follow their mothers' the mothers' line when it comes to to age. To they they normally normally take after their dad. So yeah, you know, yeah, it might be might be out of luck completely.
1: I'm not saying, fingers crossed. Does um, <laughs> yeah. did, did anybody have any thoughts on uh, an old Dustin Diamond uh, screecher? I say it's not wrestling related, but it is. You know, JP, he appeared on early TNA. He did. Yeah. Uh, was in an AIW show or AAW um, in the early He t- did, carbon. and he was on the... A Hogan. Oh, celebrity, celebrity wrestling, wrestling, wrestling yeah, thing. Yeah. I was a, yeah. I was a massive say by Lavelle fan. Like I would like that was that was my show as a kid. Like I used to watch that. Um California Dreamers and Hang Time were kind of my B shows because they pretty much just all did the same storylines, like to a beat, and tried to have like their own version of the Screech character, but you know, it was never quite as big. You know, Screech and uh and Mr. Belding uh iconic characters in uh, in, in, in in pop culture. Really uh that one is sad. There is a story about a
2: load of... Uh, it might have been in one of these like oh, uh, books about sort of um, the like, kind of history of wrestling. I want to say it's one by Mike Mooneyham. And he tells a story about all the WCW wrestlers crowding around someone mm. on a plane like completely in awe. And it was Mr. Belding from um, Saved by the Bell. They're all like, massively impressed by... And it's got nothing to do with Dustin Diamond. But so there's a link of Saved by the Bell. And that, but uh, rest in peace, Dustin. <laughs> yeah,
3: so, 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 uh, you just made me think of something there, like and
2: Rod. <laughs> you seem all right, mate. And I've just you know stress that out as well. Did you ever? Uh, did you ever watch? Did you ever see Zach Morris's trash? On YouTube, all
3: oh no, like, they're basically like the breakdown episodes of Saved by the Bell, and just basically demonstrate oh. what a complete fucking arsehole Zach Morris is. Oh, school! And, like, they're absolutely fantastic. Like they just show like how the ways he like tries to pressurize women into like going on dates. He makes up stories and things like that. He totally, um, they're the, the, totally like get girls to do what he wants them to do and like, he's, like oh, he's just taken advantage of everyone it's fucking hilarious like if you've just made me think now after we finish this show i'm just gonna treat myself to a little bit of zach morris's trash i think tonight is before it? i go to bed
1: and if he's supposed
3: is
2: that to is be- a good toil for the show as well
1: <laughs> <laughs> zach morris's trash i mean i was gonna say if if zach morris is supposed to be the good guy considering all that like he's uh, it reminds me a little bit of, uh, of Hulk Hogan in, in No Holds Barred which you can hear us talk about mm. on the Graphic paper <laughs> on this Wednesday um, <laughs> speaking of baby faces that are actually heels uh, a lot of that going right. around in the 80s maybe that's what it was fucking gaslighting heels <laughs> you can find there's,
2: out how if you listen
1: to this. there's a lot of it a lot of coke around you know uh, a lot of uh, yeah. you know, <laughs> people who would be heels now very much were the baby faces back then I think is, uh, is what we learned
3: did you
2: watch yeah. Saved by the Bell, JP? How were you two? Uh, Bits of it. I did fancy Elizabeth Berkeley. And so when she, she told I've been showgirls, showgirls. I was reasonably that was reasonably.
1: That was a big thing in but, my school when that happened. It was like, oh, Jesse from Saved yeah. by the Bells, naked in a film. Uh, I'm sorry I was but then a you have to watch Showgirls. Yes, that's oh, a bad I, film. <laughs> I took a then girlfriend
2: to go and see it, and it didn't last <laughs> much longer <laughs> beyond that. It was a terrible. Terrible idea.
0: Whose idea was that?
2: For a film that is awful in so many ways. But like, yeah, yeah. I don't want someone nominating watching, oh, watch what, Showgirls. Like for that, you create, we suppose you could have that creative control. I don't know why.
1: Absolute fucking garbage. Is there a wrestling connection to Showgirls, baby? Um, probably is. I was gonna say my mum and dad went there. A lot of wrestlers uh, would have watched it. Definitely. <laughs> my mum and dad on their first date, uh, um, obviously led to a uh, show Led to my existence. <laughs> um, they went to see the Warriors in the cinema, and I feel like that's a much better first date. I mean, I was—I'm pretty impressed yeah. by that. I think that's like, you know, kind of cool. That is very cool. Mm.
2: I mean, it could have been like, I don't know, Digby, the biggest dog in the universe. It's (laughs) cool. But like, the Warriors is quite cool. Yeah. Might be a wrestling connection there as well. Digby isn't, but he does have Jim in who's in Carry On films.
1: (laughs) Oh fuck it, digress. Indeed. Well, <laughs> speaking of Robert, Rob, Rob McMan, we probably should get into the uh, the WWE section yeah. of talk. The uh, the whoa whoa, 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 whoa,
3: whoa, 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 Is this a, is is this another week where we're skipping the fantasy football
1: chat? Oh right, okay. Yeah, is this is this because you did well? Is, is that oh, what yeah. this is?
3: Yeah, we'll oh, go on. We'll we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that. <laughs>
1: Look, all, all I, I, I'll say
3: is I, 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 I want to talk about the fact that I'm now up to thirteenth. <laughs> I can't really, I can't when, when I go on the league table now. I can't even see you guys anymore. It's just uh, just Jamesy in my sights now. <gasps> it's funny you how uh, I was like, what was that screen grab you took, Benno, a few uh, a few weeks ago? It was
1: a uh, I don't a remember screen grab
3: the league table, and, and you couldn't see me on there. There was only <laughs> there's only you lot on there. But uh, was, people people are disappearing left, right, and centre.
1: I just feel like oh, this week everyone had a bad week. You know, there was the, nobody got any points. Well, not everyone. Not <laughs> Except for you, yeah, because you Captain Salah, um, which is actually the one piece of advice I always give to people is always Captain Salah, and this week I captained fucking... I spent eight points bringing in Everton players, and then we Evertoned the fuck up on Saturday morning. And, uh, yeah, Dominic Calvert-Lewin as captain got me about two points, um, yeah. even including doubling yeah. the captain score. It was bad.
2: Yeah, he did better than my captain, who was um, Jose Cancelo. Who, uh, who didn't play because of pep fucking bingo. Um, what side will he pick? You scored a hat-trick. That's you fucked off for three weeks. Why? Reasons. Ticky-tacky reasons. Um, yeah, fucked it up all over the shop, really. Um, who did I have in my side who had a bit of a stormer? No one, because no one did. Jesus. The v- 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 defenders. That's all I seem to fall back on these days. An ex-Arsenal player, an Emmy Martinez. And mm. I think you two clearly know that most weeks I'd be fucked without them. And it's been hanging on a long time. Yeah, fuck this FPL stuff. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Yeah, Unless Callum,
3: we start to record Callum, about
1: Wilson, it. But. Callum Wilson
3: delivered. But you wouldn't like to talk about that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Look, by the time we record next time, there'll be three more weeks than I can. We'll chat about it. <laughs> But no, I was going to like, say I like,
3: like I, I, I like this how you were like look and obviously people can't see but you're like look and he sat up straight. <laughs> <You> got, <laughs> right, right, serious talk now.
1: <laughs> and if you do want to see weeks. that type of content uh, next week, well, we could, <laughs> sorry, I'll stop. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I won't. I was going to say on the uh, on the gravel fancy league points. Uh, yeah, we do have uh, at the top now. Jordan uh, Steins has uh, taken first place. Rob Reed's mm. been knocked into second. Neil Flanagan, uh, our man Neil, uh, who post wrestling Listeners will know as is, uh, is his making defensive a real push.
2: strategy is something. Mm, his his policy of going big on defenders, big on city defenders in recent weeks. He looked at that and went, "Oh, that was a smart move." Mm-hmm. When every create major creative player decided to go, fuck it up, didn't they? <laughs> Sorry yeah you're going through the list yeah
1: yeah no that's it they're, they're the main ones at the top and uh, yeah uh, i'll joe mills has, has dropped down to fourth as well um but yeah i can see you there gareth at uh, 13th and yeah uh, i can't quite see myself at 29th it's uh it's not going well oh, okay. it's a long season though it's a long season could be worse. That could be bottom. I'm just trying to see who's actually bottom. Mark Butchers at the moment is uh, is bottom. And uh, Alan Cheap Shot's there from bottom. Alan needs to sort that out. That's all I'll say. come on. So we're all doing better than that, at least. Makes me feel better. <laughs> I can live with that.
2: I low expectation. Gareth's been talking himself up on this for quite some time. So really, he's the one with it all to prove. Yeah. In my case, I'm doing a very Arsenal-like performance where inexplicably, I'm somewhere around this kind of top bit with a couple of big weeks. There's still a part of me that still believes that things could happen when clearly it won't. Yeah, that's it.
3: Yeah. I've put my head above the parapet now, so I'm there to shut down. (laughs) You are. And you can all laugh at me when it goes disastrous in three
1: weeks' time. And we we will.
3: And you will. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. we will be talking
1: about fancy league yeah yeah oh yeah, yeah we'll spend the first 20 minutes on it at that point but uh, at <laughs> this point think, we should yeah. um, probably talk some wrestling uh for the for the benefit of me to be honest uh, yeah the, wwe as we said uh you know r.i.p rob mcmahon of course but uh yeah obviously there is the small master of the uh the rumble beard uh sunday night uh, i did want to check as well you did you guys have any take i mean at this point uh you know, it's it's a bit bit old news, but obviously uh, the whole uh, peacock story, the the images at the top, JP. Um, mm. Not much to say on that, is the really, other than the fact that yeah, WWE are going to continue to, as CM Punk once said, uh, make money despite themselves. Um, yeah, that yep. is the story of uh, of modern WWE. Nothing matters. Uh, there are there are big as long as there are big corporations out there being willing to uh to pay for content or mm. you know pay for. Pay for uh, you know uh, for something to bolster their their streaming network, which is basically what's happened uh, with Peacock and WWE. Yeah. Um, the, oh, one thing I will say, this was Vince McMahon's last big play. You know, he had the uh, he had the big play of you to get the, uh, the the renewed deals for for Raw and SmackDown. He had the big play of the uh, the international deals uh He's kind of like this was his last uh last hand he could play as far as like admitting that the network was uh pretty much a failure um and mm. that, you know it was never gonna grow to the mythical numbers that they they promised at the start they were never gonna do uh better than a million or so subscribers in the u s and just less than two million worldwide uh you know fair enough to be honest i I was listening to it, it was weird I was The week this news came out, uh, when we skipped the week, I was listening to Daily Tech News Show and Core Killers, a couple of podcasts I listen to that aren't wrestling related whatsoever, and they were going on those podcasts. They were going, I just can't believe. Why would, why would Vince McMahon sell his rights? Why would, why would he give it to someone else? Why wouldn't he just continue on with his wildly successful WWE network? And it was like, yeah, if you're a if you're a wrestling fan, you know the reason he's doing it is the and the reason is he's going to make a lot more guaranteed money. Um, The other thing I found funny listening to like normies talk about wrestling uh, like on daily set news show sure they were going oh and you know wrestling fans will just be i can't see why they wouldn't be made up with this and i was like yeah you don't know wrestling fans because we're all kind of just i think the biggest fallout out of this is going to be how much effort you know they already don't put any effort into uh, their monthly pay-per-views how much less effort are they going to put in going forward how much yeah. worse can wwe's tv get um how much worse can the product get what's the network even going to look like you know for for international subscribers if they mm. if they've got the guaranteed money from NBC are they going to really be giving much TLC to the actual content that goes on there the retro content and, and such that uh, that gets uploaded there or just the international network product itself yeah i think we could all uh, we could all see where this is going it's oh, we funny, can. It's,
3: it's a funny one, though. Like, I, I find it really interesting because, like, when they when they got that Fox deal, mm. like, you see the way that it, it spiked their share price, like, massively. When at first there was, like, the rumblings of of that Fox deal, and then when it actually, like, came to fruition probably about, like, six months later, you know, they, they, they were, like, the biggest peaks for the, the WWE share price in the last five years. And, like, it was, you know, up there nearly, you know, you know, getting close to, like, um, um, yeah, 90 dollars at, that, at at that point this time there they've announced this massive deal and it's a, it's it's increased things a little bit compared to where they were you know like sort of towards the, the back end of last year but not dramatically and it's not at the same level that it was at the, at the start of 2020 and I just keep thinking they've got nothing left now in the back pocket they're fucking, mm. they've, they've done the big fox deal mm. which there's still like three years to run on that deal They've done the, the the big deal here now there with with the network and you, and you'd have to argue they're not going to get this fucking money for the for the content <laughs> again and it hasn't you know it hasn't had that big big impact on the share price if this if it continues to like track down again as it's done following like the previous bubbles the share price is going to be like a quarter of what it was at the, at the at the height of that peak. And then it's going to be even like half of what it was at the start of the start of 2020. So you just like look at the, the valuation of the company and then they've got nothing else to spike that share price because they've got nothing else to sell anymore. And there's absolutely zero expectation, you would say, that they're going to like turn their product around to such an extent that it's going to like boom again and become like some huge mainstream product again. So I just wonder like mm. it's it feels to me like even from a business perspective, point of view it, it feels a bit like typical wwe short-termism that they do with like their booking and everything kind of thing it's all about like hot shot on something these days and just try to pop a number in the same way that it's like oh we've got steve austin on raw or whatever because we need to get a rating this week or mm. you know they'll just you know randomly pull a pull a match out from somewhere too too early it you know it feels like they've kind of they've the, the got nothing left to, to go with there and i don't know with it coming at the same week that rod died i was thinking like oh i don't know is this another kind of glimmer here because like if i was like i know they're not gonna be but if i was vince mcmahon if he's this supposed outstanding business genius he should be fucking selling the farm right now because yeah, of the, the, the value of his company the value of his company is going to be there's no way it's going to be at this level in in 18 months' time. I, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd pretty much bank my own house on, on that being the case. So, who knows? I know, like, Stephanie dumped a load of shares last year as as well. She, like, made a, made a few quid when they were at a, at a certain height. So, I don't know, there's, all, there's that sort of small hope in the back of my mind there that this might be on the agenda, and it's like, right – We've fucking we've we've got the spike there. We've you know we've 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 made what we've uh, what we own a bit more a bit more valuable currently. Mm-hmm. There's nothing left to spike it. Let's just fucking get out now or sell a stack of shares now or something like that while late, while, while while we can because um, because I don't know there doesn't seem anything long term in, in this to me and it's going to be a fucking different landscape in five years time when that Fox deal has come around yeah. again and then we see what happened we see what happens with. Um, you know, consolidation of you know subscription models and things like that. It's 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 it's, it's going to be wild. So I, I think you know these could be the last big contracts that they get.
2: That was pretty much exactly my thoughts on this because there's a couple of really strange things. When they started off the WWE Network, they were comparing it to Netflix. Now they're a small part of one of the smaller, more fledgling. Uh, streaming services and there's not that many uh, peacock i mean primarily i think it's kind of sold through comedy and i'm more familiar with it because they've got some because a lot of it's like kind of flows in with msnbc which is their very sort of progressive news networks they've got these kind of news programs on there so wwe is just like a weird fit within that anyway and like gareth said it's like it's the five years and then what what else is there um If you look at the TV right still for the UK, the BT Sport one, I imagined, was a lot less than what they were getting for Sky. And it just makes me think, is that market really kind of just the US thing at the moment? Is that kind of what what they're kind of really focusing on there? And there's no incentive, obviously, to have good creative. Mm. Because in some ways, if anything, they're insulated from risk. So, like, you could go one of two ways. You could either start to take real risks with new stars, because you go, we've got this money in the bank, we can kind of settle on that, we can build together a roster. But obviously it's the McMahons, they just don't think like that. So it will become kind of even more, I, I, it's easy to see how it becomes more lazy mm. and how it just becomes like, it's just content being churned out by them, which doesn't really have any meaning in and of itself and you, what's the big takeaway from it? So, I mean, this is the kind of deal that if you're looking at it from like, are WWE going to change like kind of, for the better it's just like on the creative perspective no because they've got no impetus to Mm. because they're just a money producing factory and this was Nick Khan's big thing it was what he was brought in to do the kind of super agent and he did it he did this billion dollar deal and then I imagine that's it but it's where does it go from here what other leverage do they have Mm. other really than than kind of selling the company because I mean, there's not the live event stuff at the moment, is there? I mean, it's yeah, it, it's a very, it's a very strange set of affairs where they're being rewarded for arguably their worst product. Mm. Ever. It's so odd.
3: And something that like something that I heard like getting raised as well was people saying like, oh, there's going to be almost like less pressure on them now because like their content's going to be like lost within this Peacock system, but. I don't know. I think maybe it could go the other way because with an organisation like that, they're going to be doing more. They're going to be doing more effective, more detailed market research. They're going to be looking at what people are using on their platforms. They're going to be trying to understand what people like, don't like, what's driving them to to buy to you know to, to resubscribe to to peacock and things like that and then actually the wwe element to it might get under more scrutiny and it might turn around that in 3 years time 4 years time peacock are looking at these numbers and going you know what actually only you know 0.5 percent of people who are buying our platform are actually doing it for the sole reason of the fact that the wwe network's on there or you know as 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 their fan base continues to to shrink as we as as we're seeing it doing from a, t- a tv product standpoint and it might be that they again it just burns out it might massively devalue their product and suddenly they're left in a situation where they might have to Try and U-turn back to having the network as their own thing because they can't necessarily drive the the, the sales out of it from um, mm-hmm. via, via Peacock. So I think it might put more scrutiny on 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 what they do further down the line. Which, in turn, by continuing to roll out this shite product, mm-hmm. you know, again, it could be de- detrimental. <laughs> you know, I, I've i really, as I look at it, I just think there's this five-year window there where there's still these three years left on the on the Fox deal and 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 with this. I think WWE could be a very, very, very different business in, in in five years' time.
1: I think that really does lend credence, yeah, to your point of like, yeah, sell now. Like and that's the thing. Like you know, T V ratings have been cratering for years and they've known that and they've given it the spin. Oh, everyone's down. You know, or you know, the network hasn't hit its targets, and it's like, oh, you know, we've got so many households with an affinity. We're gonna get there, you know, and Indus- yeah. Yeah. injuries, wasn't it? One time that was an excuse. Yeah, 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 and all of that, and it all has felt like it's Biden time. And there's always been a plan B because the plan B is okay. We can sell to Fo- We can sell, you know, smack to Fox. We can pair that off. We can, like I say, take the network away and and, and sell it onto a, to a bigger bigger company. Those things are, you know, they all of those emergency ripcords have been pulled now. There isn't another play. There, there just it just doesn't, doesn't exist at this point. Mm. And you would think, you know, because that's the thing sometimes, you know, when they when, when they make these shit excuses, you kinda you you I found myself doing it listening to conference calls, going, There's no way they're gonna get three million subscribers. What are they talking about? As much as we rag on him, Vincent McMahon knew knew that, and he's always known that. And Vince McMahon probably knows now. That are a dead end as far as like you know they've made a lot of money, but as far as like another big deal, there isn't one. I don't think he's going to be kidding himself either. So that that tells me that yeah, maybe there's something to what you're saying there, Gareth. That like these rumors that have come and gone over the years of like oh are they going to sell to a Disney or is you know they're going to sell to an NBC outright. Um, you know I could you know even to the to the point where when Vince has been asked it on conference calls, you know the last couple of years, the times it's come up. He hasn't outright said no. He said things like "we're open for business," um, yeah. gives me a, a sneaky uh, suspicion that that actually.
3: Uh, and, and if you're if you're a buyer, if or if you're if you're somebody, you know, it who's it was getting this put in front of you, they'd be looking at it and going oh great there's this you know that we know that the company's getting this billion pounds from from peacock we know that there's three years left on this massive fox deal there. so mm. if they're buying a buying from the mcmahon's they're buying a cash rich company that looks like it's got tons of cash coming in for the next mm. short term kind of thing that you think great we can offset that against our our, our investment but um again are they going to understand <laughs> the potential dropping off the cliff that you know that that, that might come as a yeah. result of his own I it's all speculation but it's it, um, it's interesting I think mm.
2: there are I mean I'll be interested to see if it goes the same way that the UFC sale from the Fatitas went to Endeavor mm. where Endeavor were really kind of struggling at first mm. um if they did something along those lines oh, we were all looking at
1: it going like what the fuck have they spent
2: all that money on yeah 4 billion mm. and it was and then that that was a lot of the time there was, well, how much is WWE worth? And it was worth less, even with those kind of big, big contracts. But mm. it, the thing I could see, at least, about sort of Endeavour running UFC is effectively you're running a sport. So there's a very sort of clearly defined set of sort of rules and regulations. Whereas with wrestling, you're, you're buying a kind of creative property as well. Mm. And it, it's, you know, there's a lot more. The McMahons don't seem that invested in creative when they own the fucking thing now at this point so how much invested would they be if they were kind of you know effectively becoming kind of very minority shareholders and like effectively employees of an NBC and I, you're probably at the point where if you take those people away it just will, won't function because it's been designed in such a way and I think this is the problem with them selling up overall they've created the company in this bizarre way with this kind of bizarre thinking that doesn't exist in any other world and if you took them out and they sell it then, who do you get to come in and act like? Because you'd have to kind of change how they book, you'd change what all this stuff kind of about television. there'd be um, you know, it, it would just be very, very messy. Um, and I don't want to say like it sounds like we're pulling up negatives from them buying a, a billion dollars, but really that billion dollars just benefits shareholders and who are uh, ostensibly the demands, and none of that's going to work its way to the wrestlers. Rather like the Fox Deals, mm. I mean, yeah, they might give out the half a million, half a million a year contract to fucking sit in Florida, but
1: they can sign all those wrestlers back, JP, that they cut this year, you know, because they couldn't afford to keep the lights on, you know, and they needed, to, they needed to sack all those people, you know, bring them all back, and they don't even know what to do with the ones they have, mate. As we'll get on though. Listen. Yeah. I've got no sympathy. If those wrestlers don't stand up for themselves, I'm not going to be bleating on about it for them. You know, they they know they know the company they signed to work for, uh, mm-hmm. and they know the situation. So whatever. Um, but yeah, I was gonna say, you know, the, the the one thing we can say though, JP, if that ever does happen, and you know, uh a conglomerate takes over the WWE. Jeff's time to shine, mate. That's when Jeff steps in. That's when the King oh. of the Mountain gets involved. That's when, uh, that's, that, that's, that's the real end of this story. Uh, Jeff Jarrett sits on the Game of Thrones that is WWE, um, and we go into the new millennium with yep. Jeff in charge. Let's hope, I... Little finger wins. <laughs>
2: that's where it is. It is. If you're going for Game of Thrones, Little finger wins. The <laughs> well. man, the six, six degrees of Jeff Jarrett is connected to everyone in wrestling. And he brought back that Superstar Spectacular the thing they did for the, the kind of India Day celebration. So he's already sort of running programs. You know, a bit of chaos. Triple H moves up, just put Jeff into NXT. He works his way in there as well. You know, you can just see it happening.
1: It's coming, it's coming. Um, but yeah, we should talk about the <laughs> the in ring product of, uh, of WWE. We were going to do our, our rumble uh, thoughts uh, in general um, when it comes to this show. Uh, I don't know, lads. I stayed, I, I, I stayed up live and watched uh, watched this thing last night it's a rumble. Like I always like the, 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 analogy about rumbles is, you know, even when it's bad, like pizza, it's going to still be relatively good. I think that was going to be especially tested this year, considering it was a uh, empty arena WWE, um, that this year's rumble was taking place in. Um, I don't know. I think we're probably going to talk about this broad strokes more than anything. Um, I mean, broad strokes. I had a decent time watching the show. I didn't think anything was awful on the show. I, just thought it was WWE in 2021 to be honest it was yeah it was a it was a men's Rumble that was full of old men it was a women's Rumble that was maybe marginally better it was a wacky uh, Goldberg match that I, I did personally get a lot of enjoyment out of and a and a wacky Roman Reigns uh, Kevin Owens match there a, a reasonable amount of enjoyment out of I don't know I think I'm at that point in my fandom now where you know I just I, I'm not gonna Cry about WWE not being what I want it to be. I'm just gonna watch it, knowing what it is, and kind of getting as much entertainment out of you know them bringing back a Jillian Hall or bringing back a Hurricane or you know having an old man Goldberg on a show and just kind of watching it with a with a heavy degree of distance and knowledge of of what it is. Uh, and to be honest, Jeff, yeah, with, with that in mind, I had an okay time watching the show last night. It was it was fine. Uh, nothing on the earth. I haven't gone particularly high on the grapple app, but I know it's never gone in. Um, but yeah, I thought it was an okay show. Uh, did you watch this live? Obviously, I know you did, but Gareth, I saw some of your uh, your bitey tweets last night <laughs> about this show <laughs> as you live put the uh, the matches up on the app. Um, uh, yeah, we uh, multitasking, there you go. Yeah. Good, yeah, it's a good excuse to, to stay up till uh, till four in the morning on a Sunday night. Yeah, uh,
3: yeah, I didn't realize it was going to be till till, till, till four. I didn't that it was. Yeah, what three, happened to these two-hour
1: anyway? network? These two-hour empty arena shows? I missed that. Two and a half-hour WrestleMania. Yeah, I know they were was... two nights, but we got like two-hour shows mainly a season last year.
3: Yeah, yeah. I thought I thought it was going to be a touch quicker than it was. So like, but yeah, when I was when I was going up to bed and it was like after four o'clock and I was looking at that alarm set for seven I was thinking that wasn't the best idea because I was I was very 50-50 on should I actually stay up and watch this live or not because in essence you know zero investment in the product it was it was more just from the yeah so it's on grapple and people can rate it live you know at the end of the day it's probably what number number two pay-per-view for the year I think for Mm. for WWE behind Wrestlemania I think you'd you'd stick it there wouldn't you and again it was one of them where like I'm exactly the same as you same as you it was, it was fine. It was what it was. It was like, like, I'll use the word enjoyable. It was enjoyable. No, it was en- entertaining, enjoyable to a certain level. But but like, not the sort of thing that I'd have any level of disappointment if I, you know, I hadn't watched or, or anything like that. It was more just like, just throwing on a. Episode of just trash TV or something like that to have in the background, rather than it been something that I need to be massively invested in and paying attention to on a, on a on a on a on a major level or or anything like that. And and I think I don't know with with things. I think the the main things for me with this were just the devalued nature of some of these that they've gone back to over the years now and stuff. So, like, even there, you say, like, about the the Goldberg and and Drew McIntyre thing, like, when Goldberg first came back and, like, Mm. to me, I really enjoyed them and it was was just entertaining and just, like, the quick matches and just, Mm. it was, whereas now it just feels like even that's been recycled to the extent now that it's, like yeah, it's Goldberg, it's going to be a quick match, it's going to be high impact, you know, so it's going to, you know, whatever, you know, whatever, it's going to go one way over the other and it's it's kind of almost, it's almost like lost that meme factor even kind of thing that you got that element of enjoyment about it from yeah. it as, as well to some degree. It's just like that felt a bit stale to to, to me rather than it feeling like, you know, anything for anybody to get worked up about, either particularly excited or pissed off about, or something like that. Even when you see people like getting angry on Twitter about Goldberg coming back and things, it just feels feels like mm, whatever. And and to me, even even looking at even older Bill Goldberg in his fucking lost property shorts that he had on,
1: got changed in a bin behind sports director, yeah, what he looked
3: yeah, like. like, like stood there next, you know. Again, it was just a lesson in you know. I, I'm not going to go on another big Drew McIntyre tirade. <laughs>
1: oh yeah, I'm sure you wouldn't have cared if he squashed through him in thirty seconds. Like. <laughs> oh, that would have been that
3: would have been great. But um, but it was just like yeah there's your fucking star and he hasn't even fucking been bothered to get dressed properly kind of thing and then <laughs> yeah. like use you with your big
1: stupid fucking sword that you're sticking into the oh what a fucking nerd stupid. with his fucking sword oh, like, oh, dude, that's, like, that's the first time i've seen that and i was just like you fucking geek why are the, you the carrying way, fucking sword
3: the only it, way that could bad. have been any good is if it had been like it was a it was a disguised cattle prod <laughs> because that is the way to do Goldberg.
1: That yes. would have been the only way. That Scott would have Hall in a yellow way. polo shirt should have yeah. done a run in. Damn it!
3: That, that's at the, the end of that sort. Been a cattle prod. That would have been that would have been great. But it just reemphasized to me, just like yeah, Drew McIntyre is not your star here. You know, this mm. this old guy who's popping up just looks like a bigger fucking star than you. And he's mid card Drew um, for for
1: life. Yeah, and Goldberg, like like you said, like I think the thing was with him, he didn't i think he got the call late. i had him moaning about that on a couple of podcasts that he did in the last couple of weeks or a couple of video interviews he did um because he wasn't in the shape he normally he's normally in but he is a 50 something year old man you know so you can't really get mad at the shape he turns up in i was just mad at those shorts yeah like you say he was uh, it was one of them where like i think he was feeling self-conscious about his body so he put shorts on but i think that just made him look even worse um yeah all he needed was a beer and some flip-flops yeah yeah (laughs) he was at a fucking summer party yeah he's like t-shirt night over like that's basically Mm. that's the that's the vibe you got and there wasn't even sunberg wasn't even there you know his topless son didn't do a run in so like why am i supposed to invest you know
3: clearly bill's clearly bill's been reading twitter he didn't want his teenage son turning (laughs) up semi-naked to a wrestling show apparently uh, 2021
1: Apparently, like what has happened to to you lads as as uh, dads as well? He's lost Sunberg, and now Sunberg doesn't care about wrestling anymore. Yeah. And apparently, he's into girls in baseball. That was a uh, scoop I saw him uh, talk about. I think it was on the bump or something. Good luck like to that him. On the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So even he's growing. See, they can't even keep Goldberg's Son, that's how much they're struggling with the young demo.
2: Imagine that. Oh, my dad's wrestling in like a title match of the Royal Rumble. Oh, I can't be asked. <laughs> like if, if like that being the kind of logic for it as well. That's it's... where we are. <laughs> You, I mean, you guys kind of hit, like, there's overall thoughts on it. I mean, I think this was the one show where really this aesthetic, this Thunderdome aesthetic is really bad for it. Because yeah. the Raw Rumble relies on the kind of, like, hearing that piped-in noise the entire time and the fake kind of countdown stuff. It, it really kind of got to me watching this show, and I found myself not enjoying it. Um that I was really just kind of not really engaged. And like you say, it's not like there's stuff that's kind of outrageously bad per se. There's just a whole lot of meh to the whole thing. And and I, kn- I didn't come out excited about a lot of future directions or stories. I went, oh, they're doing that for Mania. That's kind of what I thought. I thought, oh, they're doing Brian Rollins at Mania. Right. I'd much like sooner Brian be in a title match. Like it just came across like, like that. And, and just the kind of whole inauth- inauthenticity, inauthenticity of the entire setup there. At least AEW, there are human fucking beings reacting to things happening. I can relate to that. But this is now at the point where it's just excessive crowd sweetening, that one side of, of kind of dead-headed people who occasionally start clapping or putting a thumbs up, and you're just like, what the fuck is going on? Are they real? Is this just Black Mirror? Mm. Because it just feels like that episode of like 8 million credits. And it was there as a prop. In fact, I think visually, the most interesting part of this show is when they went to the back during Roman Reigns' Kevin Owen. I found myself thinking, oh, I can actually watch this because there isn't fucking some bloke trying to make me have an epileptic fit through fucking LED lighting and all sorts and um and i thought i was gonna have a seizure when fucking naomi came out in the women's rumble like it was ridiculous not a just fan did, of the AK camera um, now no it, it looks like a video game that's all it looks it looks like oh this w- what would look like if they ever made their video games properly what the entrances are meant to look like it doesn't add anything what's it do it just hyper focuses in on the people walking towards the ring cool no, I, like it, I think it really is cool. I team. like it. I'm easily impressed. I, I like it.
3: I must admit, I, I like it. The, the I'm not, not seeing enough gaming stuff well, like, like touchdowns yeah. as well. I like it.
1: It depends on the wrestler. It doesn't work for everyone. I will say that. Well, when Roman Reigns comes out mm. to it, he looks like a million bucks. Like I, I do, I do love that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I I like that match as well, JP. To your point, like oh, like the 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 go that was that was probably like I was trying to look up my grapple ratings. Like, what's the highest rating I gave to this show, and it's that three and a half. So that tells yep. you where I am. But I yeah, I mean obviously the finish went to absolute shit um which was fucking hilarious like matthew's going to have a field day with that one uh, with the ref mm. getting to his five counts realizing Heyman couldn't get the keys to work and the handcuffs and just stopping counting just stopping just going completely silent and just letting <laughs> and give given uh, given a uh, round hayman more time R- yeah. Rain squatting like he's having an own natural shit while he's <laughs> yeah. there. And well. the commentators were like, "Oh no, he's standing. It's it's fine. It's it's okay." Uh, yeah, that that ki- that killed it, and they went straight to that guillotine finish, which was you know a bit silly when you know Owens had mm. literally died four times over during the match, and then it was a, a guillotine that uh, that took him out. But up until that point, I did I had a good time watching that match. It was car crash, mm. shitty WWE Last Man Standing stuff. But like we kind of said at the top, I I got enjoyment out of it because I can watch it with that degree of distance and not take it too seriously. And, you know, I enjoyed the big bumps. I enjoyed Kevin Owens, you know, going all out. And I pretty much enjoy anything Roman Reigns does. So, you know, that was probably my high point of the show, if I'm honest. I
3: mean, this sounds absolutely ridiculous given what kind of match it is and given that it's in the WWE and and stuff like that. But I was just taken out of it by the... um, just I don't know. It was like how quick some of these counts were. It was like Kevin Owens was thrown off the top of that thing, and he was thrown through a table from the top of the LED lights, mm. was LED screens, and then like, and then nine seconds later he was up and like <laughs> wandering to the back. And I was like, "You've just been fucking lashed off the top of there, like, and 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 within nine seconds you're getting up and just going on a little wander." And then, and then when he wandered to the back and fucking rains came and plowed him down with that car, with uh, that golf cart, and then like. <laughs> And then again, within within twenty that was seconds, fucking but, nasty. Yeah, you know, it was great. It, it looked fucking fantastic. But then, but within within twenty seconds of getting it, with that fucking mm-hmm. golf cart, like Owens was on top of something like doing a bloody, you know, a he, forklift. Was doing, he, yeah, he was he was doing a jump off the top of there. I was thinking hang about it. he's just been fucking twatted with a golf cart at like high speed and like has and, he got an uh, HGV license just, as well? <laughs> as well. <laughs> That's I, uh, a question I don't want to get it. I don't want to be getting into um, into the, the nuances of selling in a WWE last month standard match, but so uh, I just thought it just it just felt a bit ridiculous. So like some of it, some of that uh, to me, and like obviously the end was totally fucked it up, and it was just like it was just a little bit of you know pulp entertainment kind of thing. It was like mm-hmm. fucking. Corey, watch an episode of Corrie or something like that. It was just <laughs> something that was there and some, some stuff's happening. And I don't know, I, I think after maybe after all these years, I'm just um, the people falling off slightly high things through um, tables for the mm. seven millionth time. Just, uh, I don't know, doesn't do it for me in the same way it did when I was uh, seeing it in ECW <laughs> in the 90s or something like that, basically. You know. I was thinking of it's
2: New just- Jack landing on his fucking head <laughs> yeah. off a balcony. And the double splashes with Spike Dudley and
1: stuff like that—that's the real stuff. Yeah. I get I, I like in, a, in an alternate mental mind, didn't it? Yeah. where Reigns and Owens are in like a competent restaurant promotion. You know, imagine they had like a a proper violent, bloody cage match or something like that. They could they could have a four and a half star, five star match. Unfortunately, I just don't give. You know, I know that's not happening. it WWE. be be. I know this is like this is just this is the height of what you're getting. That's it. Uh, and and uh, there's a reason we all don't watch WWE, you know, other than to jump in on these pay per views every now and then and uh, and chat about it on here.
3: I think the yeah. stipulation they have fucked that though as well. Like, would it have been the last man standing if this had it is been West like a no thing. rules match? Yeah, yeah. If if it's had been a no rules match or something, then then it wouldn't have had that. I don't know, like I say, that weirdness that took me out there that you can get it by a fucking flying golf cart and you're up, <laughs> up nine seconds later kind of thing. Like, yeah. it was, you know. It was, At uh, speed
2: as well. well oh, we well, took that yeah, it, was good. it was
3: It was fucking great. Like, it was, yeah. the visual, I, I loved it. It was fantastic. But, yeah, it was just just what came after it, really. Mm. It, I mean, It was fine.
2: Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of like, I mean, I enjoy watching Mick Austin. I mean, like, he's, he's really good fun. And uh, or Steve Foley, I can't forget his name. But like you know, he's 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 really he's a really good character, isn't he? Um, and and it's just and and that's the role that they've pigeonholed him into. Yeah, the three faces of Owen: Kevin Owens, Mick Austin, and Steve Foley. Because it, it's the it, it. And unfortunately for me, I can't get that get out of my head because that's what I end up thinking about. Yet yeah. you just tried to combine like the kind of homeliness of of. Um, of, of mick foley with you know adding the stunner and the kind of rebellious streak as well and it's just
1: and he could I, I be suppose... your top babyface like if, in a competent wrestling promotion kevin he owens could be. could be 2021 steve austin and not in a yeah. rip-off kind of way in a real way
2: and that's the thing i think i came away with is it just like you're thinking that if you put this on in aew this would be a much better match and a much more interesting match. And imagine the promos they would have cut on each other towards that way. The promos you know, were good, to be the, fair. The stuff them. they'd be able to do. Oh, They are, but they're still scripted promos ultimately, aren't they? The stuff they could really do if they're allowed to kind of get their teeth into a kind of long-term feud, which this is. Mm. This is the third time, I think. No, it's, it's, it's certainly the second pay-per-view match and I enjoyed the last one. Um, but... Again, it's another – and it's funny because we did our our match of the year, obviously, and WWE basically, apart from that NXT UK match, just for me, was kind of really nowhere near. And this is them starting off the year again, and you're looking at this, and you're thinking, like, I I don't know, in this kind of environment, like, there is a limit to what my kind of engagement with this product is. And the book, it's, it's so sort of over the top with this last man standing. And like you say, I hate this fucking gimmick as well because it's just so so tropey of I mean Roman reigns, reigns has good wobbly legs but really like it's just the same repetition of the same spot again and again and again. I I, I just sort of felt by the end like and at, at the end of it I was kind of laughing, which is bad. And I was reminded by progress and the tables not breaking between... Eddie it was Dennis funny, and to be Mark fair. And, <laughs> Yeah, uh, he was just like this, oh, no, oh, no, it's, it's, it's gone kind of wrong here as well. And Kevin Owens burning his arm on one of the lights, which I imagine fucking killed. Did you hear that? There's a bit where he goes past and he just goes, ah! Like, he really <laughs> reacts to it. After sort of selling everywhere, and he's just like, well, that woke him up. <laughs>
1: oh, fuck! Okay. Um was that as Took high as you card. went?
3: Just 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 hold a light next to him.
0: <laughs> That's the yeah. finish.
1: Forget the gear too. They should have gone with the lights. Um, yeah. is, is is that as high as you went on the show, JP? I know you were um, maybe a bit more negative on it than, than than even me or Garrett. Like that was my highest rating, three and a half. I went three yeah. and three point two five for the two rumbles. I I could appreciate it and appreciate. I can I can
2: understand what it is they were trying to do and what they're trying to achieve. It's just that you have seen this so many times. Mm-hmm and in some ways what would be the more revolutionary booking is to have a one-on-one match it's okay it sounds kind of fucking crazy doesn't it but like that would be something that i'd be a bit more intrigued by instead it's it was always going to be like this and i found myself enjoying it more than anything else i was probably more engaged in this but again like i said earlier on it's just that change of location but yeah um it, it, this is this is the best of the that they kind of i think had on this show for me not necessarily by like a massive distance but well clearly matches of the night
1: i think i'd have the rumble with the women's rumble as like second best match on the night like i uh, mm. i don't know what do we think of the two rumbles like i don't like i don't like that is like for me two rumbles is just it is too much like, i love, I love a rumble but we can't do this every year but we are like i uh, it's unfortunate cuz you know obviously wwe were you know the last pseudo sport in the world to be like, oh yeah, we can take women seriously as athletes. So we've had this push over the last few years, and they've you know they've shoehorned you know the women's division into their own rumble, um, rather than you know maybe give them their own match, you know elimination chamber or something like that. You probably couldn't get away with it with the amount that, that they push it. You. So you're in it, or even just give them the rumble and then give the men the rumble next year. No, instead we get two rumbles every year. But I've got to be honest, pretty much every time it's happened, the women's rumble's been better than the men's i Mm. don't think it was me it was you know i went 3.25 on it on grapple so i'm not saying it's like you know the return of rumble 92 or anything like that but i did enjoy it that bit more than the men's i don't know it was the fact that you know i was a big fan of victoria turning up um you know and the the nostalgia spots they did there um whether it's just that you know to be fair as much as we we can and we will rag on you know the that average age stature of that men's rumble where what there was I saw uh, Belter tweeted I think Voices tweeted it as well the uh there were only two men <laughs> in the entire men's rumble under the age of thirty at least with the women's rumble what you can say is that is, you know there's a lot of fresh talent in there a lot of you know uh, you know NXT graduate type talent and interesting talent like the likes of, uh, of Rhea Ripley in there and, and Bianca Belair that just made it just that little bit more fresh to me than you know, the men's rumble which did feel like a retread of two thousand six WWE. Um but yeah I thought I thought that was a, a decent a decent uh, entry into Rumble Canon and again I would say, you know, I, the women had a better rumble uh than the men did this year.
3: I mean I gave them both like three point two five. They were to me they were just like it is what, you know, almost coming back to your point that you made earlier, Ben, I would like it's pizza, you know, kind of thing. Like it's, it's still, a rumble. Eh? it's still, yeah, yeah. It, 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 I'll always enjoy rumble. And, and I don't even mind having to, to be honest, like obviously we're sitting up there till 4am in the morning, watching that and, it was, it's 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 probably easier watching that than it is watching some of the fucking tripe if they'd have just put out some like mixed tag match or something like that on there instead of you know and some mm-hmm. oh it's the U.S. title match you know it's you know this match kind of thing like actually watching the rumble kind of help me th- help me through it kind of thing having the rumble's matches there at least having it those breakdowns of elements of intrigue and I, I just think it was the um, while I like, pegged them at, at, at the same level like you say there I think it was just there was probably just that element of a bit more intrigue with the new faces that were in the women's rumble and the fact that, you know, they actually had people from NXT in there, whereas obviously there was nobody from NXT in the in the, in the the men's rumble. And, you know, I'm just like, as I'm like going down the list here, as like they came out, like obviously Damian one of the big faces.
1: Well, apparently he's main roster now. Oh, is he? main roster,
3: isn't he? Yeah, yeah. Like he... Um,
2: 38-year-old um, graduate. <laughs> <laughs> Good young lad, yeah.
0: with,
3: with, the, with the rumble... It's to it see it a always...
2: getting a big break, isn't it?
3: Oh, yeah, you know. <laughs> he's
2: fucking older than me, and I'm old as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> what are you about, mate? He's fucking, he's a new Wayne Rooney. He's burst, he's burst into the into the main team. <laughs> it's, um, it,
3: with, with, with that, it, it would always be like that intrigue, and it would be like you know, having some element of excitement when certain people came out and mm-hmm. and, and I think that's what this was sort of lacking and it wasn't just the crowd side of things. It just as I look at the list, it was like, oh, it's Jeff Hardy and then it was like, who's out next? Oh, it's Dolph Ziggler and then like, who's out next? And like, oh, it's John Morrison and like, and it's like, <sighs> like, yeah, great. Great, it's these lads that we've been seeing for fucking 20 years kind of thing on our screens that, that it's just like, yeah, here, here we go again. And then even, like, Carlito coming out, body guy Carlito. Fucking know, size so, of the lad. Like, what a, what a fucking shape he looks. He looks bloody great. But He's not still, eating apples,
1: dude. That it, was line <laughs> of the night. That, I think Joe said that on commentary, like, what's in those apples? <laughs>
3: <laughs> like... That was it. Was like yeah, good. And, it, and it's that supplements. It's it's that one minute pop kind of thing. That one minute kind of like oh god, it's good to see Carlito kind of thing. And that's it. And then you look past it, and it's like, oh, it's the Miz, and oh, it's Kane, and oh, it's King Corbin, and like, and you're
1: just like, and here's number thirty, Braun Strowman, yeah, yeah, cool.
3: Rey Mysterio, it's Seamus. it's like, yeah, it's all these lads who we've been seeing mm-hmm. for forever, and there's nothing new here for me to get excited about, and there's maybe been rumbles in the past, maybe where these came back as a surprise entrance when they've been in TNA for a few years or something like that. And maybe oh you did get that like surprise mm. pop. But there's mm. just nothing here that was like particularly new
1: to Shots fired at Christian Cage.
3: Come on, Gareth. So, I mean even still even still with that, like that was still something that you know, it's I mean he was never he was never on the top le- top top level anyway, was he, kind of thing. He was you know, it was it was it was, was never quite a Absolute elite, elite level performer. That's you know that that's mm. you know he wasn't on edges level, was he? You know, at as a star kind of thing, he, he, he was never on I on know, that he, level. And, and even even Christian's been brought back. He did a spot, didn't he? Relatively recently, didn't he get like when Randy, like, Randy Orton, Orton? Yeah, like, they teased him the or something like that. Might be mm. like, yeah. yeah. so like, no, well, we've seen we've seen Christian's been back and he's in the ring and okay, he didn't wrestle, but he's you know. So he, even that to me was a bit like. Yeah, of course he is, because Edge is here. So, like, so of yeah. course, of course, he's been wheeled out again, kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. never mind the, make you say all the guys there that they've got like fucking penned up in a in a performance center somewhere that they could just be bringing somebody else else out that's just a bit fresh, a bit new, a bit different, and even the ones that are slightly. You know, I was gonna say slightly newer. I like ricochet, for example. He's just been killed to death and, and actually he's probably been on the main roster for he's probably been on the main roster for a few years now, hasn't he? Kind no, of he retired. Well. He's really, he, he had that match with the Los
1: in, in New Japan and then he retired. Like that, that, Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Anyway, I was pulling for the old man, I was pulling for Randy Orton, I wanted the near forty year old, no longer a Burns victim, Randy Orton to win because I had a fiver on him on uh, on Paddy on uh, William Hill. He was fifty to one and he almost won the really f- i would have won how much did i put on it yeah i put a fiver on it i would have won 250 quid if he'd have won that so i was invested i tell when he came back out and he almost threw edge uh-huh. out like i was i was banging to it um but this
2: is like fpl isn't it where you're invested in <laughs> yeah for the wrong game. reasons like i'm watching villa southampton going villa clean sheet please villa clean sheet um but yeah it, it's it, it's kind of yeah for the wrong reasons on there as well it's hmm. just that Maybe it's just me. The thing I think that the match misses is that through narrative. The very kind of clear narrative of where you come out at the end of of all of this. And I just kept on finding that the way that they put these rumbles together is you come out, you do your poses, you go in the ring, you get your shit in for like a minute, and then you sit in the corner. Mm. And then someone else comes in. And you effectively repeat that. And... I just kind of found, like, when I think of the rumbles that are great, and, yeah, it's easy to go back and say, oh, look at the 92 rumble. But the whole, like, you know, the whole way through that, you had kind of flair as this kind of focus, but you had the stories that are being entwined between everyone there, whether it's Jake Roberts and Randy Savage. You knew the very clear direction that was coming out of all of this. Hmm. Here, it still feels like, oh, fuck it, we'll do it next month at Fastlane. Like you're like, well like here's a match we've got everybody involved in this. You can do some really interesting stuff. You can set up stuff that like quite clearly. But it's also not only what they're setting up is is stuff that they've repeated before. Mm. So much of like the Randy Orton spot is effectively the Roman Reigns spot from a couple of years ago that they were amazed he'd get booed at. Mm. When he's just like, Yeah, he's just fucked off for half the match. Like like we're not gonna like that. I admittedly thought he might win. When he ran back in, I thought, are they going to do Orton? Wow. So did it... I, mate? I had £250 on it. Yeah. Imagine if you just shot on it just to win you that money. Just winked. There you go, Beno. To be fair, it wasn't get, the get worst. Get yourself better. a few
1: purple bins <laughs> and some bangers for that neighbour. Listen, I put a tenor on the rock as well, so, you know, uh, my bets were a bit out there this year. A tenner? I was just hoping for something exciting to happen. Like, uh, that's what I wanted now <laughs> actually Mate. i think it was a fiver on the rock i put it yes. i put it i put eight quid on bray wyatt though i was convinced they'd do that i was convinced he'd come out and like the ring on fire and like end up winning the thing he was like 15 to one as well i learned let my lesson yeah, out the could you could also just bring back when you said about the two rumbles thing as well
2: why don't they just do the next rumble the next month and have it entirely dedicated like as the women's rumble i mean god forbid they ever bring back the evolution show Who gives a shit about the Elimination Chamber just before main year? It always seemed like a fucking silly fit anyway, Mm. as a way of just changing your main event. Move that to later on in the year where it might actually mean something, God knows, lead towards a Survivor Series main event. Like, I'll give a shit either way anyway. But the idea of just having them on that one, because that was probably my effect when watching the men's rumble, rumble of going, it feels like kind of the same thing again here for this. And it's like just without that live crowd you want those spontaneous pops and those bursts and i agree with gareth i think the the christian one only really works because of edge's presence if christian came out by himself it'd be like oh it'd be a kind of cool moment and people would be into it at the time but within a week two weeks it won't mean too much and i suspect as well we have none of us have any faith in wwe long-term booking so um yeah the-
1: depends like, though i, I just... think if edge has got the, i mean i would push back on that and say that like the benefit of the christian thing the positive i would say is that it does feed into like the story that they were telling with yeah. edge and the orton stuff and if if orton again if i know that bit's terrible i don't want to see that but i do think edge is the type of person who will have a heavy degree of like this Is what I want out of this story, you know? It's like, you know, I could see them doing something interesting with Edge and Christine. As much as I like, I, I know I'm defending them using Edge and Christine in a prominent position in 2021, um, but I would you know expect that to feed well into whatever. Like, I mean, I'm not really interested in Edge main event in WrestleMania 2021, don't get me wrong, but I think there will be like, I think they'll do some interesting stuff with them so I was probably more into that moment than maybe you guys and, and Christine coming out and them having their little emotional moments in the ring, you know, due to them both having to, you know, retire before they were they had to and, you know, getting to come back. It's just unfortunately the setting in which it tough place for me. Yeah, yeah. it's it, it's just I'm not also as as
2: invested in this edge storyline, to be honest with you. It kind of came and went when he returned last year.
1: He's not my he's not sounds- my era of WWE. That's the thing with me. Like he's like That's- it's like when you know Joe was really into like mm. he kind of likes Edge and he's like he was into like that Jericho era WWE. I wasn't paying attention in the mid two thousands, so like yeah, I haven't got that emotional connection to Edge.
3: Yeah, I think when you're talking there about like the long term booking there as well, like it feels like they've got like that that little. I don't know, short-term, is plan there. And I think for me, it was like, maybe again, one of the, you know maybe I should revise, I don't know, revise my ratings. But one of the things I obviously enjoyed about the, the women's rumble was obviously the end and like with it, been like Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair and they both, you know, came out of it looking looking strong and looking like oh actually he's two like fresh faces and two fresh people that they you know they can move forward with you know they had like um, uh exactly you know like like they had bailey who's been like probably the biggest the biggest heel the biggest star probably bianca eliminated her you know i thought it's good kind of thing there she's got that big kind of elimination there as well of like a, a, a a big name and you think now what they need to do is capitalise on this in the next 12 months and build Bianca and build Rhea Ripley has been stars on the level that they've put Charlotte and Becky Lynch and things like that. But you just don't have the faith that they're going to. And it's, you know, everything – uh, you're so sort of like burned by what's gone before in the last few years that you just think – yeah, and this'll all just end up with Charlotte Flair and the belts again, and like kind of, and, and and they'll be stuck in some stasis, and they'll end up in a tag team, and then they'll da, da, da and then there you go. Before you know it, they're in the they're in the mid card, and they kind of. They can't go down, they can't go up, they're just there. They're just they're, they're just mm. there and it exist, And then in two years' time it'll be, and he's number ten and it's Rhea Ripley. Yay kind of thing. And she'll run out and do ten minutes and then get eliminated by somebody else. And that, mm. you know, that'll be that'll be it. That's your kind of that's what you don't want to happen, you know. You actually want them to follow through and like build these people and build them properly and generate like the new new stars. And you kind of, I think that's what's sort of almost so frustrating is when they do give you these little seeds of something like this that makes you think, oh, are they finally getting the message? We do need to like do something,
2: but you've just the faith's just gone that they that they will actually will actually just deliver on it. Also, don't know if they know how to book baby faces and big stars anymore. I think we like know really we in don't. that, yeah, they don't. Mm. Particularly faces, obviously. Mm. <laughs> I mean, it, it's 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 hard to have faith. Like when you think of like everything they had with that Kofi Kingston match mm. and everything they did to take all of that away mm. as well. You know, I think when it comes, like I like Bianca Belair. There's clearly something about her. Like, why wouldn't you go all in on her? There's no good reason not to.
0: Mm.
2: But they won't for an unknown reason that's really got very little to do with how she is or what her potential is more in the whims of a very kind of poor creative system and maybe it's me like and I I did hear that the the chronicle thing they did on her was very very good as well but it might have just been that environment I just kind of wasn't as invested in these kind of big emotional moments because it still ultimately feels like it's happening in like a television studio and I'm I'm mm-hmm. just not as grabbed by it but you know I'm a cynic in my old age this
3: is awesome oh Thank
2: my god that was so awesome you know. oh fucking hell
3: <laughs> you're just <laughs> like god, oh, my, oh god it's like now that they're when they could just press a button and make that suddenly pipe into it, like what you're watching you're just like oh god it's it kills it doesn't it oh you
1: know what haven't you haven't talked about JP, I've got to ask you this do the lads know who Bad Bunny is? Because I haven't got a fucking clue who that was. He, I mean, yeah, he, I should have asked, not a clue. He had a better dive than Snoop Dogg, got to be honest. Um, yeah. He is also 30 years younger. But still, yeah. <laughs> any clue who that was? Not a clue. I'll ask him. To be fair I'm to them, apparently to the edge, apparently he's he's very, give us a second. He's popping Gwen he's going to do some field research here. <laughs> apparently, he's known by <laughs> the kids. So you know, I think this is more more an issue with us being old men, um, particularly old white men. I'm, I'm not, we're
3: not we're not supposed to know. Um, we're not supposed to know who he is. But then again. Um, but then again, they haven't exactly got any audience in the right age demographic, have they? Either, really, because all their audience is fucking over fifty-year-old <laughs> people are over over thirty-five year old. So nobody is going to know who he's a, 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 like yeah. anyway. So whether he's a, if he's going to pull some people into the product, great. But yeah, um, yeah I don't, I don't even think we're yeah. supposed to know.
2: Oh, They Found out they weren't they weren't happy, but no, <laughs> they, just, they were like no, who no. <laughs> Uh, oh well, somebody. Got, I might, might have missed place. it. What did you make of the Booker T stood there like that, like doing GI?
1: It's a song called Booker. It's called Booker T. Yeah, yeah. That's why he's like he's getting involved. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I mean, it's just a song about Booker T, but in Spanish. <laughs>
2: yeah, I didn't I'm get that confused. Oh well. They're more, but they, do, does that not worry though? They're more worried about getting that kind of celebrity synergy crossover thing than actually trying to tell a few more stories in the match, um. where they could have had something happen in there at that point. That that's that's more of the focus. That that's what they think is the big moment, rather than say.
1: You know, somebody turning heel on someone in the match, or something like that. Maybe, but like I think AEW have had success with that recently. Like I, I've enjoyed like them using Snoop and them using Shack going mm. forwards. Like I, I think there's a, I do think there's a place for that stuff.
2: He looks in good shape as well, Booker, didn't he? I was surprised he wasn't in it. Actually, <laughs> once he saw what he looked like, he thought he seems like a no-brainer. He'll be in this. Yeah, yeah and,
3: that, 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 and you see, that's just where it just like. It just got my mind going, and you just think about like the surprise people who come into the rumble, and you're just like, "Eh," you know, the same old faces again that get recycled on some raw reunion or something like that. Or, so there I was just thinking like, oh come on, give us Major Stash or Corporal Corporal Cajun or something like that. <laughs> once I once I saw G. I bro there, I was getting
2: excited. Major guns, every, mate. Yeah, you know, I was, yeah I
3: was thinking we could have had some of these people coming up in the in the um, in the rumble. Imagine if you just suddenly had like Lash LaRue there they're coming in, Corporal Cajun, that would have been awesome. Like <laughs>
2: Oh. Build Maybe them on about, making a return, wouldn't
3: Yeah, it? yeah. Maybe it says more about me.
2: Hugh <laughs> G. Oh, what was it? It was he down as Hugh G. Rection. I think that, that was his name. Time. Yeah. Yeah. would it
1: surprise anyone that vince russo was booking at that point (laughs) instead we got hurricane helms and we got ron killings doing a running in the women's rumble Um, although although again you know like i said we got tori wilson who seems to be like aging backwards and we did get and again Mm. i mentioned at the top but like does deserve its own spot Like, like in the women's rumble i thought victoria was amazing like she came in and just like if you if you're talking about she was in there for what like only a few minutes she made the most of every second she was in that ring like i thought she was great uh, she didn't have the tattoo entrance unfortunately which i thought was a was a missed opportunity but i thought she was the commentary didn't help her the commentary was just kind of like oh yeah it is victoria she looks nervous uh it was a bit like when um seth rollins came out as like number 29 in the men's and in michael cole she was like yeah here's seth rollins we haven't he's uh he's been a- a- away for a while and it wasn't like didn't re- just didn't really sell the shock of the fact that Seth Rollins was back. I, as far as I know, I don't follow WWE TV week to week, but I'm, I think that was supposed to be a big surprise. Didn't really sell it that well, and they didn't really sell Victoria that well in the women's rumble. But I thought she was great and uh, and a real highlight of things, uh, if nothing else.
3: That, that that just reminded me like one of the things that just made me laugh so much because when like Lana came out mm. and that was treated like that tr- was treated with surprise kind of thing by the commentators, and it was like we haven't seen her since. And then, God, insert generic pay-per-view name, Money in the Bank, like <laughs> a month ago. And I was like, a month. And I was like, like um, the fact that she's been off telly for a month is supposed to be a surprise, like, a big yep. surprise, a surprise return. But yeah, no, it was good. To, it was good to see. Uh, it was good to see Victoria and Mickey
1: James. As that,
3: well. and, and and on that same point about like making the most of every um, every like make getting the mm. most out of every minute. I just think. Um, um Mickey Cross as, as well I think she's, she's someone who mm-hmm. is, for every second that she's on screen she's just like she she was someone who just jumped out on me it's like she's trying to like she's she knows that she's got to make every second count kind of thing and you can just see kind of that additional effort going into a character and just trying to just be seen and trying to mm-hmm. do something that's invisible and stand out and things whereas I think in the, in, the, in that match there was so much that was just kind of like I don't know generic blonde kind of thing. I think that was one of those things that stood out to me was, uh, was Dana Brooke, how like homogenized she'd become. And I was just like, she used to like kind of stand I didn't know she still liked that. Yeah. I was like, mm. she used to look a bit different and now she just looks like, again, just like generic blonde number 325, you know, that we've had mm. pop up in the WWE over the, over the years. She, you know, she, she, she used to look a bit different, but um um, yeah, no. I, I, again, it was it, it was one of them. I think I, I think it was probably slightly better the uh, the, the women's rumble.
1: Mm. Um, well, I mean, speaking of the rumble and uh, and someone who, who didn't show up in the men's rumble, who might have given it uh, a nice injection. I was keeping an eye out for uh, for Switchblade Jay White, and instead we got uh, we got cosplay Seth Rollins um, coming out instead, <laughs> looking very Switchblade. Uh, turned up back into Japan today. Uh, apparently that's uh, uh, that the that whole story that we uh, we spent all that time on turned out he was just having a few week break. He didn't even didn't even stretch it out for a few months. So at least he let us have a rumble. I I did I did throw a pound on him uh, at sixty six to one. Um the uh, the Steph Chase special um didn't happen. But uh yeah good of him to wait until the day after the rumble to return to New Japan. Uh but probably uh what we all what we all expected the uh, the destination to be for oh, uh, right. for old j White.
3: I tell you what, you spend a few bob on bets there. Benno, you by the sounds of this. You had a tenner on the rock, eight pound on Bray Wyatt. <laughs> Do you want to know the we're secret. Try, we're trying
2: to get people on Patreon, mate, and you're fucking spunking it up against the bookies
1: wall, aren't you? Well, what usually happens is when people don't enter the rumble, Paddy Powell will give you your money back. So that's always my fallback. I'll put a tenner on the rock, but if he doesn't appear, because the thing is, if the rock appears in the rumble, he's going to win it. But if he doesn't appear in the Rumble, I get my money back. This year was the one where Paddy Power was just like, you you spent your money, lad. You're not getting it back. So, yeah, I learned my lesson. I spent about thirty quid in general, in general on bets. Maybe thirty one once you had the uh, the J- Jay White's at sixty six to one. It was always an option, um, but no, yeah, it was <laughs> he never wasn't. an option. Mate. It wasn't. He was always why? Why did we fall for it, JP? Like, what were we thinking? Like, he was always. Didn't. coming come back to New Japan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
2: you no, were was the smart man in the room. Was like, <laughs> it was a work. It, it always looked like a work. It always felt like a work. It didn't mm-hmm. look like at any point he was gonna he was going to go over. I mean. You know, rather than Switchblade J White, we ended with um, like kind of Switchblade Seth Shite instead, didn't we? And, and and that bloke comes out, and it's just fucking awful. And like, and I think as well the way like the way that Brian had been built up as the person who was going to win, and he just kind of went. It felt quite flat with the very obvious camera shot. They were thinking, oh, this is good. We've got Seth pulling this. I mean, it's like it'd be much more it would work much better if he just came out of nowhere and threw him out rather than having fucking gurning behind him before he throws him over the top rope so like like i don't know there's everything about that bloke just falls flat for me and i was just kind of thinking can he not stay home with his with his kids maybe just be a stay at home dad for a bit and let becky come back he wouldn't be missed and what do we get Brian versus rollins cool
1: Sorry, I thought I'd moved us on to New
2: Japan for a roof back to yeah. the <laughs> No. Sorry. Sorry, mate. I'm so sorry. I just i I'd have a little rant there about Seth Rollins. So move on.
3: I'll oh, No, I I agree with JP. I don't think I don't think we bought into that Jay White at did we? He, I think, I, I I, think I we, think we spent like, a lot of time on work.
1: it and wound up back at that. This is a work. I think we were pretty consistent with that. That's fair. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. I, I was gonna say there was there was no Part of it, that, you know, that you felt like really. St- I, I, to be honest, it didn't even cross my mind that he might show up in the rumble yesterday. Mm. Uh, yesterday at all, and mm. like I think the more disappointing thing for me is is just seeing it today. And mm. well, I didn't watch it today, but seeing that today is it's turned up and it's it's just a random attack on on as mm.
0: is,
3: is, as far as I can tell. And like I'm kind of a bit like was that it, kind of thing. I was expecting something a bit more kind of, I don't know, complex, maybe, or a bit more well thought out, or something like that, and don't get me wrong, like, um, any any time, you know, if this results in an Ishii singles match, any time I get a chance to watch Ishii have a singles match mm-hmm. against anyone, it's always going to be good, but um i don't know you were you were maybe expecting that it was going to be something when jay white came back that it was going to be a bit more rock the foundations a little bit kind of thing really than mm-hmm. it just be oh jay white appeared on this road Two show this
1: morning yeah i'm still waiting for that big i thought like, you know, big jay white baby face return or something like that maybe it's coming down the line but yeah odd one to be honest um for them to kind of come back in in this way but yeah that was kind of a, a big story with new japan this week and obviously you know this this happened on the new beginning so we've got to talk about the uh the big new beginning show um the first big new beginning show that we've had there's uh, there's still a couple mm. more to go this is the one in uh, nagoya um that happened on saturday morning um I'll be honest, three match show, but those three matches blew away pretty much anything that was on that rumble uh, that happened uh, also on Sunday night. Uh, I had a great time uh, watching this, like watching the the show closing and stuff, and yeah, I think you know if you've got a show that gives you you know one match of the year candidate and two very fun matches uh, in the uh, in the two. "Quote unquote semi-main events." I think you're you're onto a winner. Um, I mean, going from like the top of those three matches, like I would, you know, Okan Tenzan. Like, I mean, i will be—I'm not sold on Great Okan. Still, I still think you know he's he's going to be a mid-card act. Um, I don't—I don't see him uh, as anything more than that. I just don't think you know he's got this potential that sometimes um, you hear him talked up with, and that you know clearly new japan seem to see in him um i just don't see it with that said i had a lot of fun watching this match with tenzan it was a fucking dopey stipulation you know wh- whoever loses can't use the mongolian chop anymore um yeah that, i mean that's something <laughs> feels straight out of uh a shitty wwe but yeah i had, i thought i thought this match was a was a good laugh uh you know I'm not coming out of it saying I'm expecting Oka to be you know this 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 main event act, but as far as uh and the, the, the key word here is fun, fun match uh, with a Tenzan who's you know extremely limited at uh, at this stage in his career, I had uh, I had a, a lot of fun watching this one.
2: Yeah. It was the, the the gimmick was dumb. It's a throwback to a completely different era of, of wrestling, but um it was like, Tenzan's properly fucked. We need to take that into equation. He really is not far off kind of Nakanishi levels. Mm. So the effort he put into this seemed humongous. Mm. I mean, I was quite high on this, I think, compared to a lot of ratings. I think I went 3.25 for it, because I could really appreciate how much he was doing. Mm. And weirdly, that, that Mongolian chop thing seemed to connect with that crowd. Like, it seemed to add weird little bit of drama into it. And you know as you've said for a filler show of of lower expectations i thought this was a, a bloody good look. it was just the dynamic was simple mm. nasty heel and kind of aging hero face mm. who is coming towards the end of his career clearly towards some kind of retirement run and i think if you're looking at what is the purpose of this match does it help gray O'Khan? i'd say yeah mm. i'd say it does in its own little small way i think that's that's what it did and that's all it needed to do
3: yeah, I'm the same. I think it's just one of these where they've obviously just had it as this little feud that's been, um, you know, going on post-Wrestle Kingdom. Mm. And it's just, I think it's just been the, the the right, you know, the right thing. You know, I think we, we said at the time when we reviewed Wrestle Kingdom that just because um, the Empire had lost all their matches, like at that event, you know, it wasn't like, it wasn't the death knell. It wasn't like there were... Um, you know, they'd all been buried or anything like that. It was it was almost like the start of their journey, really. And I think this has just been great—a um, great little fuse there between, obviously, Okan and Tenzin, and then obviously in the next match with Osprey and Kojima. As they've, they've worked on a lot of these shows, and um, it's just been really helpful in terms of you know enabling Okan and Osprey to kind of cement where they're at and just help sort of move them on. But it's it's just been good just to see like and have that last kind of like little... <laughs> Little opportunity, almost to you know, at the end of his, the end of his career, just get a bit of spotlight put on him a bit more, and it'd just be outside the confines of a eight month tag or a you know a six month tag or something like something like that. And you know, I think he's he's done great. And again, this was what this I mean, this match was a match that I gave two point seven five to. So I say, it wasn't a match that I loved, or, or by, by any means, but it was just something that was there and it was enjoyable enough that was that that, that was that was on the card and I think importantly it was something that it just had a bit of something behind it, you know, because of the way that it had been built to this point and the the, the stretcher job and things like that that had gone before it um, you know, a few weeks ago. And then obviously them having the um the you know, having it been that clear direction of of moving out on as well. And again, you know, the the sips a bit the sips a bit weird, a bit weird kind of thing. But hey mm. you ho, know, whatever. Maybe again that just points to the uh you know, the 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 last tens and run maybe kind yeah, yeah it's that in, it? <laughs> introduced and that yeah the, very the, soon. The, the retirement's coming and yeah, like fair fair play to the lad. Um is uh I mean one of the things there that just immediately makes uh just jumps to mind here is just from this show, one of the things I just want to reference the most is just ELP on commentary because I absolutely oh. fucking loved him. I thought he was fantastic and just like here at this is where he was like he was in the NWO, you know. Oh, that was great. And stuff, mm.
1: I, saw, I was going back and forth with, like, the voice. I think it was Lanza on Twitter. It was like, yeah, he's, he's clearly, he's doing that podcast thing where he's, like, while well, he he's literally sneakily got cage match up and he's having a little look and he's, go, oh, fuck, he was in WCW. He was in New Japan. I'll say that now. Not that any of us have ever done that on a podcast, you know. Never uh, never Googled anything to make it sound yet. like I know what I'm talking about. Of course not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and he was definitely doing that. Oh, he was great. and I, I love his name. Uh, he's got a great voice for it as well hasn't he like his accent like it, yeah. I know he's Canadian but it doesn't sound like a Canadian accent he's he's, uh, yeah, he's, he's just got a great voice for it and like the bits where um, you know when they do like the uh, they show the Japanese commentators on camera and he was kicking off because they weren't showing them and like literally throwing stuff at them <laughs> it was just great I thought he was great value He's like a, a 2021 Bobby Heenan or something
3: oh, oh yeah there's, there's two things that I've written down here where he was like so this is making me laugh just read it as like I've written down here it's like he nearly ended Tencent's career dropping him on his head that'd be awesome the only thing cooler would have been if he'd cut his head off with a sword and rode to the ring on a horse I don't think we can do that because of COVID though <laughs> <laughs> like, and I was just like what a, what a cracking little like line of commentary and then like and then uh, Kevin Kelly was like he was 46 and 0 in ref pro and um, ELP was mm. like well that's, that's not hard
0: <laughs>
3: like, you know, just, like, yeah. <laughs> just, just like little snipes and things like that.
2: I, I was loving it. I was laughing my head off him. I thought it was brilliant. There was a bit where somebody was shoved into him and he went, I don't want COVID, really loud. So then Kevin <laughs> Kelly was like forced to sort of start going through COVID safety measures that they were doing within New Japan as well. um And there was a line he used in the Great Okan match where he said, Okan's got new gear on. He's working hard. He's kind of the anti-Sonada, and I thought that is very fucking true. <laughs> it is, isn't it? How much that bloke has wasted on fake fur and the rest of it for, the shite, for him to come out and look like he's sleepwalking through it? Um, he was the right side of snark. It's mm. a very hard thing to pull off, but actually, when it came to the main event, he was commentating on the match. Mm. He wasn't yeah. taking it away with like snarky comments. Yeah. He can get away with doing that stuff on an, on what is a relatively meaningless, or uh, you know, New Japan undercard for the most part, like those early tags and the rest of it. Let him have fun. Because I'm not fucking paying attention to Master Water. I can tell you that.
1: <laughs> but even in like you know the the follow up match to that, you know Osprey Kojima, like you can, I, I like, I mean he got in trouble. He's got in trouble before for some of the things he said about Osprey, specifically you know a nickname he gave him. Um, but like him just going after Osprey is funny. You know, <laughs> and it worked for, you know, for the story of the match. And, you know, at least you can say he's uh, he's consistent with it too. Um, I thought yeah. he was great in that match as well, um, which was which was a lot of fun. You know, if, if you're talking like... Uh, mm. I, I feel like, you know, on Grapple, I went 3.25 on Oko Tenzon. I went 3.5 on Osprey Kojima, but it was probably because, you know, the work was that much crisper. Kojima's like, he's just... He gets lumped in with Tenzon a lot because you know, obviously, you know, as a tag team, but he is clearly... clearly a big rivalry but, as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah and clear, clearly, though, he's got, like, he's got a couple of years left in him. He can still go when he needs to. He can still, you know, give him give him some motivation, give him a reason to have a match, throw him in there with an Osprey who's going to take silly bumps for him, and, you know, he can still deliver for you. Um, I think this was a different story than the Tenzan match, but, you know, maybe better worked and... Probably, to be fair, looking at my rating, maybe 3.75 might have been a more reasonable rating for me for that one. Um, But, yeah, a lot of fun as well. Um, And, yeah, I think as a pairing, I really enjoyed. Like, this is like a one-two combo on this show.
2: Mm. Yeah, it, it, I thought these two matches did a great job in hiding the cracks in mm. in Tenzan and Kojima. Mm. And Kojima pulled out some stuff, like when he dived off the top to do the elbow. To yeah, the yeah. He pointed out he should have it round the other way because he's going to hurt himself, which is a fair <laughs> point. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't think he's meant to do that, but it's bloody funny. Um but, I, you know, I watched this before the um, sitting down and watching Everton Newcastle. I'm kind of annoyed that I didn't delay it for a bit later because that generally wasn't a good game. <laughs> um, certainly for you, Bello. But, like, yep. for me, it was just about the idea of, like, does Osprey and Okan get something from this? And they do. they mm. kind of against all real sensible logic and judgment. say, well, what does Kojima and Tenzan offer that can possibly help Will Ospreay and Great O'Connor? it's like, well... They booked it in that way. Mm. And even though there were two kind of gimmick matches, they needed the gimmicks, I think, in order to get that crowd involvement in any way. And just saying that, there was a great guitar shot as well from Kojima. Oh, to, yeah. um, to Jeff jarrett well, was It was. The guitar was a little bit sturdier than a Jeff one. Mm. And Jeff likes to put in a shitload of powder, which I like to think is Blow. But that ironically wouldn't help you pin an opponent, would it? If you just gave them a load of cocaine. They're gonna be up off their
1: shoulders, if anything.
2: But that's TNA booking for you.
1: I think when Yuzek had it in ECW then it was definitely blow. Yes. Yeah.
2: He looks like he'd had most of it probably before he'd fucking gone out to the
1: ring the way he was dancing the natural born killers. uh that's i dare to say that to his face dot um but i i thought they were very like i thought it was a good like i mean it was a plunder match but i thought they were quite creative with it like that that osprey bump like through the ladder was so fucking that was perfectly timed like uh, that that, that's the kind of big bump i can get into like that's a big bump that like was well planned well placed and meant something if you know what i mean it was probably relatively safe to be honest but like osprey Mm. made it look like it fucking killed him
2: And He's yeah. got previous that match against Vader. He oh. did a lot of the same stuff where he kind of like it felt similar to that where he was like bumping himself at points. So mm.
3: sorry, so, yeah. yeah, I mean, just to that point as well uh, about like what, getting out of it, I think is still somebody who it feels like you've beat somebody still. I think when you mm. when you when you when you beat Kojima, I, th- I, th- I think maybe. I, I don't know, he unfairly gets lumped in with, <laughs> with some of the older guys kind of thing yeah, in these yeah. early early tag matches, whereas actually I, I still think he's got plenty in the tank and he, he can go and then, you know, like you say, when, he, when it comes to performing, on the, when he gets that opportunity he can still fucking knock it out of the park and there's no way, you know, he could still he could still be, um, I think, sort of like mixing it with you, you know, Erisius and Shinko's and things like that, in the, you know, it, um, um, when, when necessary as, as well. So I think it just it felt like for Osprey to then be beating somebody to to get a win to put him on the back on the on the, on the front foot. It felt like a it felt like a big one, and and again, just you know, I thought they, they worked great together. Like you, you say, you I know, that, like fucking. <laughs> that bump was ridiculous like it was so good it was it was it was where you talk about being like a jaded wrestling fan and watching 30 years of big bumps and stuff like that i'd have took that over anything that was in that reigns um erland's match this genuinely felt like something that was like like wow kind of thing when it happened you know it certainly mm-hmm. uh, like woke you up and you know, even just some of the some of the spots as well i mean where um where osprey went for that oscutter cutter and um Kojima landed like the, the lariat to the back of his head. I just thought that was a, that was a great little, little spot right at the end there. And, um, obviously like it ended up with Osprey winning it, but, um, from, from that point onwards, but yeah, no, I mean, this was something, I think I went 3.75 on the, on, on the app on this one. So, you know, mm-hmm. again, it was, uh, mm-hmm. if you, if you, if you think for, for, for what it was, absolutely great stuff. Yeah. I
2: went same as you, Ben, I went three and a half.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah and i could be talked into 3.75 to be honest the more i talk yeah. about it the more i think maybe i went a little bit low on it um but fun match nonetheless you know and it was again fun was the word for for that kind of that pairing of matches uh if anything And i wasn't expecting anything out of them uh if i'm honest so yeah i was made up with that but you know i think the the match uh, from a grapple point of view we, we really need to talk about was the main event that followed these two and you know, I saw plenty of five stars on the app. I think Andy Ogden uh, went five uh, for Shingo Tanahashi, and I think uh, I saw a few others going five. I did see someone throwing a one point two five as well. And I just thought, what were you watching? Um, I went for I went for Look, it's an app. It, it as, as you always say, Gareth, it's the uh, it's the views of the many, not the few. Uh, it all adds That's up well, to man. a to a to a nice average of a, a four point six three. So uh, even those low ratings uh, haven't heard it, and yeah, we gotta we gotta. We got an early match of the year uh, contender on this show that, again, oh, I probably should have been expecting going in. I don't know whether it was just because it was a sleepy Saturday morning or what, or the the COVID era, but I wasn't quite ready for what we got. I, I really, really love this Tanahashi Shingo match. I was, you know... Jumping up and down on my couch watching this thing on a uh, on Saturday morning it put me in a in a right good mood for the uh, for the rest of the day. There was one small botch towards the you know b- before they went to the finish and stretch that maybe airs in a little bit, but all in all, I, I thought it was p- almost, almost perfect uh, piece of work from them. And it was the you know Tanahashi constantly uh, going after going after the leg and ta- Tanahashi being Tanahashi, and you know. Yeah, a lot of the a lot of the tropes that he that he throws into a lot of his, his matches, but I felt like the Tanahashi match fit well into kind of the Shingo mold as well. Um, I think it was it was one of those times where, yeah, the, uh, the 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 Tanahashi roadmap, I suppose, as far as his big matches go. Um, fit perfectly with a with Shingo here and it was the type of match that Shingo should be happening having he should be main eventing New Japan shows he should be in this position um, and yeah it should have been no surprise that they had a, a at least for me a near five star match I went four and a half where I am a I am a noted coward um, but a five a match that was five stars for for a lot of people I'm um, definitely definitely uh, an early match of the year contender I'd say JP yeah I'd go with you on that
2: um I went four and a half on this one. I was I'd seen a lot of hype
1: around it and mm. I think Oh yeah, you weren't watching pos- this live, were you? So you
2: So I live. wasn't watching it live. So yeah, mm. I got up and watched it sort of a couple of hours later. But I think mm. I watched it earlier than perhaps what I would have done, partly because of the hype for this match. Right. And there are things about it where you think that this does follow into what are kind of some of the familiar complaints you'll hear about sort of New Japan main events. It's like, is there an argument it's two minutes too ten minutes too long? Yeah. And part of the reason they're probably going long is to beat that record of what the previous never title match went. Mm. And that they, they've kind of done that. Um, is there a, in that opening sequence for the first 10 minutes, are they just sort of feeling each other out? Yeah, they are. But at the same time, it was a much more interesting version of it. Mm. Partly because these two I haven't met before. So in and of itself, there's the interesting dynamic that I think kind of kept me going through those yeah, early it stages. Fresh. It did feel fresh. And then when it started to go, like you said, like they meshed really well, mm. it just it just started to get it, it kind of felt like a throwback to kind of an old Tana main event, mm. really, of what you would have expected around that kind of twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen. Obviously he's more broken down as well, but it wasn't just a case of Tanahashi selling the entire time either there were good bits where Shingo was selling and you kind of really appreciated his selling. His change in kind of mood where he gets very arrogant and then you can realise that it's kind of slipping away as well at the same time. Um, And then towards the end, I was completely kind of sold in the way it goes. Although I did kind of suspect Tanahashi would win, which I think is a good sign ultimately for Shingo because he'll probably end up winning that title back. It'll mean that little bit more because, because of Tanahashi and what he brings to it. And if they're looking to it, if they're going to merge the IC belt, And then sort of have the never title or something else that headlines. In some ways, you need big matches, Mm. and Tanahashi can offer like a good few fresh matches on that uh, on that card as well. I just hope it get. Obviously, it will get to the point where Shingo gets that big win back, and you know we might be waiting as long as like a G one. That might be how long you end up waiting for. It It depends if Okan gets it now, which possibly might be the direction they go in. Mm. But for me, it was just like. You just watch Shingo, and I know Gareth, when he put out sort of the grapple MVPs and Hiromu was there, I was thinking on a personal level, for me, it's always Shingo. He is the old faithful, that solid, reliable, who's always delivering those really good matches on the card. Mm. And if you think of how many G1 main events he's trusted with, he's someone that that company really trusts in in headlining those kind of smaller shows. Um, it probably also helped, he was only a five-match card. Mm. That was the other thing as well so i think that like they were kind of more prepared for that kind of um big um uh that kind of big long epic title match as well i will say i was scared when i saw that
1: made in japan And he landed on his head. Fuck it. That was the moment. Yeah. I think that kind of screwed things up a little bit for like, yeah, when Tanner came off the top, and I think he was supposed to catch him, and it just kind of went a little bit wrong. It felt like Tanner maybe lost a little bit of a step. Um, Not that it hugely hurt the match in any way, but that was rough
2: incredibly rough as well but i also say i like that cloverleaf sequence mm. i thought shingo's selling of it was well and he kind of reminded me of the job he did with the money clip in the g1 mm. and he did such an excellent job getting over that money clip more than anyone else and i think he did a really good job here mm. um and it's not something we often talk about with shingo is necessarily his selling it tends to be that kind of that offense and the way that he carries himself but my god he just like Alan will always say he's, like, one of the greatest wrestlers. Oh, he's um, the biggest, uh,
1: he's, fl- he's flying the biggest that Shingo flag. flag. Yeah.
2: I can get it. And I, I haven't seen enough of his Dragon Gate stuff to be the kind of, like, Shingo completist on it, but, like, since he's been in New Japan, my God, like, he's done pretty much everything he's been asked to do. Like, You know, look at the job he'd had in the, in the junior division, mm. the job he's had coming up, which is effectively replacing Ishii in this, in this kind of never match, roll, you know, he's done everything. I'll oh, shut up now. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think the thing there that jumped, jumps out with, with me was I think you, you touched one it a bit, Ben, it was with this match like while I was expecting it to be good it kind of almost like caught me by surprise a bit and I, and I almost had the same feeling with it like I had with the, the Shingo-Jeff uh, Cobb match at Wrestle Kingdom oh, where true. I started watching it and I was I was into it and enjoying it and then and then I kind of it, it got to a point in the match where it was just like, like, fuck, this is really good kind of thing. And then it just got like better from there and you know, it really it really built on it. I think it was one of those matches where it just sucked you in. It just really kind of like drew you drew drew you in as you as you were watching it. And that's always like a for me is a is is, is a mark of a of a match where you maybe it starts off and yeah, you might have a certain level of expectations about it. But but they just get you and they just grip hold you and they just pull you in and then you just absolutely you're just there with everything and and they they they, to, they totally did you know they totally did this and I just think the chemistry between them I think the dynamic between them was like the you know you you've like discussed some of the some of the big spots and things like that but you know I think for me it was just that thing of I don't know there's almost that like clash of styles and they just yeah. meshed perfectly sort of thing that the it was the the there was logic and the and the flow between like the transitions and you know getting from Shingo being on top to to Tana being on top in like a, a credible way with the the you know the power versus the I don't know the technical side of things working the knee and things like that as well. Like it, it just it just they just complemented each other just perfectly. And then you know, I think it was um I think I think that just that just made things work really well but I mean in, interestingly like JP mentioned in there about you know is you know the, the the MVP of the Grapple 100 and you know we you know when I've gone through the stats I've I've like leveled that out as been Hiromu for the for the year. And, and the thing that Shingo was lacking on was I think he only had one match in the top 25 of the of the Grapple 100 last year so he only delivered on one occasion at the absolute top level now, if you look at Shingo's start of the year this year, if you look at the two top matches on the app for 2021, <laughs> it's this match. This is currently tracking as the match of the year. And then uh, just tucked in behind it is Shingo Jeff Cobb. You know, so um, so, he's, so while he's had a good, Jeez. strong, consistent year last year and also the year before as well, he was he was, he was probably, Osprey ran away with it, but Shingo was there in the, in the top three in terms of match ratings. He's fucking set his marker down here now at the at the start of the year, and you know if he's obviously um, involved here with Tanahashi, and then you know you roll into a, a G one that's maybe a bit more of a, a proper G one this year potentially than the, than what we've seen last year, and if he's in the right block, you know this could be the year that Shingo absolutely you know elevates himself further within New Japan and totally cuts through the pack, and you know you know at the end of the year. He could, be, he could be, you know, well well in the mix, has been seen as a top, top guy.
1: For sure. And, yeah, if there's any justice in the world, he will. But, you know, at least like you said there, JP, you know, if they can, at least that never, like, title, it's always been kind of lost. Not lost in the shuffle, but it's basically the, been the mid-car belt, like you say, with the IC belt wrapped up, like, making a serious go of that being a serious belt and all of the possible interesting combinations you can do with that Mm -hmm. belt. Um, I'm hoping, yeah, we get a lot of that this year and, yeah, you get more of Shingo headlining these B-shows, even if it is, you know, with a Tanahashi. um, And also, yeah, you know, Tanahashi, you know, can can headline shows, uh, you know, at this level around, circled around this belt as well. Um, I'm definitely hopeful for it. Um, but yeah, no surprise really. That is all I saw on my time. There was people raving about this match. And yeah, I don't know why we're, we're shocked uh, considering the two men that were in there. But yeah, I wasn't expecting a, a match of the year contender this early. You know, I don't last year, our top 10 match of the year podcast, you know, where every match I had on there was pretty much all of my four and a for for the entirety of last year and a couple of 4.25s made my list. I've already got a four and a half um you know and in covid era that's uh that's no easy feat um i would say um but yeah fun show wasn't it it was uh, it was just a good way to uh, to start Saturday morning even if my uh, my fancy football uh, ruined the rest of my Saturday afternoon <laughs> they've got the structure of those shows down haven't they mm, yeah i'm i'm fine with it. like you said five match show few easy tags to, to start and then three mm. interesting-est matches I'll take it every day uh, over a bloated uh, WWE card one um, other uh, New Japan thing I want to note as well uh, we're finally getting there we're getting there there's a new beginning in your USA uh, show coming up and, uh, and Moxley Kenta is official and um, I think it'd be fucking hilarious if Moxley beats Kenta after all this time. I um, don't know if that's just me. But presumably uh, Kenta's getting the US belt and it's uh, it's one and done for uh, for Mox, but yeah, interesting that he's uh, officially got the green light here to uh, to be doing a a match on the New Japan show again. Yeah, and a match on US soil. Mm. Absolutely fascinating. I think well, the hands were just tired thing. on that one, wasn't it? But it was yeah. just it had
2: to happen. <clears throat> It was more the safer environment and I, you just can't see a situation where him going away, particularly at this point with like him becoming a dad, he's not going to want to be away sort of quarantining for two weeks at a time when he goes there and then quarantining another two weeks and where is he going to be able to work? Um, is he going to be in front of no fans at that LA studio? That's the way it looks. That's where it's going to be? Okay, that's very dispiriting because New Japan Strong isn't necessarily known for a kind of it's vibrant, exciting, aesthetic. It's no MLW match. Few things are <laughs> than MLW. Von Eriks, are lost the tag belts, by the way. Oh, did they? Okay. Yeah, LA Park and one of his sons. I can't think of which one. They're both shit. <laughs> but uh, yeah. The, uh, the, yeah, I don't know. What do you feel about it? I mean, I, I think the match could be fun, but I just mm. think it's hurt by
1: that environment. Yeah,
2: I I think
1: though, I think if anyone could pull it off, Moxley will. I I think they'll just go nuts, Mm. and it'll be like they'll have a they'll have a plunder match. Um, I could see it being a lot of fun.
3: Yeah, and I I think especially the way the way that kind of Kent has built this this feud in his absence as well as you know, I think he's done a fucking cracking job on on it. And um, yeah, I'm just just really excited excited for that. I think, like you you say there, I think the environment gives me. You know, I don't know. It gives me reservations because when I've tried to watch any of them New Japan Strong shows, you know, I must admit I haven't, I haven't bought, in, you know, I haven't bought into them. They're not something that's made me think, oh, this is must see viewing and things. And the environment's had a massive part of sort of turning turning that off to me. But obviously, I will watch this match and look forward to it. And I'm, I've got such confidence, to be honest, in in Moxley at the moment that it feels like everything he touches is, you know, is you know, he's, he's, he's turning it into something good. You know, I think he had a hell of a year last year and I think he continues to do so. He feels like a fucking megastar. And um, mm. yeah, I'm certain that this is uh, this, this is going to be just a, just a bit more of the same and, and, and they'll find the, the best solution to making it something good.
1: Well, on the subject of Moxley, and I imagine we'll talk in a lot more detail about AEW next week because we've got the uh, the beach break show coming up. They love a uh, they love a good summer party in February, don't they? Like, what is it with these Americans? Mm. Like, you know, I remember what when, yeah, when I was a, a teenager, I was going to uh, to Ibiza and Magaluf with the lads every February. Yeah. Um... I don't get it like, why, why was Bash at the beach last year in Jan- I think it was January last year and now they're insisting on doing this in February we're branded aside uh, obviously that's coming up this week with the uh, the Lance Archer Eddie Kingston uh, Rumberjack rematch there and the uh, the six man with Kenny and the uh, the good brothers against uh, Moxley and uh, I think it's Pack and Phoenix isn't it with Pentagon being out um, yeah I mean AW's TV over the last couple of weeks I think it's been a mixed bag I think the the week we skipped was was a good week to skip I don't think I could have have any opinions on that AEW TV show that week, other than you know, yeah, Jericho, you know, almost killed himself on a on a line salt. That was probably the most notable thing. But another notable thing from this week's Dynamite is he hit one perfectly. So you know, not that close to retirement. Uh, <laughs> I think you know, I felt I felt like literally that match on this week's Dynamite. It literally existed for Jericho to give a big fuck you to uh, the people who gave him <laughs> grief the uh, the week before. But yeah, yeah I thought uh, this last week's show was a was a much uh, improved. Uh, episode of the dynamite i thought uh kingston and lance archer uh was a lot of fun uh as the opener kingston almost dying aside uh i always love uh seeing a couple of big lads uh launch each other around like i say that jericho tag was a lot of fun uh and i thought the uh okay Hangman Page and Ryan Nemeth was uh, was pretty poor, um, but we got that Jungle Boy Dax uh, match on the show as well, which was one of the best uh, AEW TV matches I think they've done. Um, I'm not a big FTR guy; I find them quite bland and um, maybe overrated. Uh, but I thought that was a that was an excellent piece of work and uh, and a great way to uh, to start. Uh, maybe if this is the plan to give Jungle Boy a bit more of a sustained push and uh, sustained place on, on on these cards, and yeah, I thought. So all in all, I thought it was a, a really a fun episode. The Dynamite heading into Beach Break.
3: Yeah, I mean, I, I I really enjoyed it. Like you say, it was a last week wasn't the or uh, well, the previous week wasn't the best kind of thing. But this this one, I thought really delivered. That match was f- fucking great. I'm looking, mm-hmm. you know, go, I gave it a three point seven five on the app. Like I I really, you know, I really really enjoyed it. I thought even, you know, yeah, I'm not as down on FTR as you are, but mm-hmm. like um, like. Dax Harwood here. It, it reminded me of like an old Arn Anderson TV title defense or something like that in like you know nineteen ninety or something. That was the mm-hmm. that was kind of the vibe that um that the, 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 that I had out of it. It just just reminded me of watching like those matches on worldwide where it'd be like Arn against Brian Pillman or something like that, and it kind of had that very sort of similar similar feel to it. And I just love the you know i just, I just, I just love Jungle Boy. as that just that? good underdog babyface and you talked mm. before about WWE not knowing how to book babyfaces like this is just a classic example with AEW of just getting a babyface right with, with Jungle Boy in this environment in this type of match you want him to you want him to come back you want him to get behind him and um, you know get the better of him and quite, quite clearly obviously as well just like that that investment even right down to Khan like getting the rights to that music as well. And like yes. I just keep I just keep thinking yeah. that oh. even even the wrestlers or the sporadic crowd that was at Dynamite the other night, they were still singing like the Baltimore song, like while Jungle Boy's in the ring and the, the match is going on. And I was just thinking, if you're seeing the way like crowds sing along to like Jericho's theme and things, what's that going to be like when Jungle Boy's there in a singles match in a 20,000 arena and you've just got everybody like... Um, I'm not going to sing, but you know, like I'm not Jeff Ogden, but um, but uh, get, the, uh, get the get the getting uh, the Baltimore song going there in the crowd. That'll be fantastic. And again, it'll just like it'll really just help elevate Jungle Boy and just make him come across like a, a, a bit more of a star having having the crowd behind him in that environment. But the, you know, even even some of the other stuff on the on, on the card, like we've talked about the Royal Rumble, there, like. Mm. That reigns Owens match, I gave three point two five to like the two rumble matches, I think three point two five for for one. I, I gave the other three point two five and maybe like knock it back to three. But this was like a three point seven five match here. Mm. Like the the main event I gave like three point two five or 3.52 to of there. You know, I mm. thought that you know that was a that was a good match. I thought the Kingston Archer match was was really good. So if you think even, these are TV matches, but from an in ring standpoint, they're holding up there with like the number two WWE pay per view of the year for what mm-hmm. they're delivering from a, you know, a wrestling standpoint, which is for all the, I don't know, for all the, the dressing that goes around things with, with AW, that it's, you know, some people expected it to be this pure sports promotion and mm-hmm. it's a pure wrestling promotion. And obviously there is the entertainment side to it. They still fucking deliver and they can still produce these matches on TV that are you know, high high quality matches. Obviously we've seen the MS stuff in recent weeks as as well. And I I like finish this show just thinking yet again, like oh, God, I love AW. Like, this is just wrestling as I want it. Really good matches, just a variety of people on screen who feel fresh and new. Some great promos like Sting and you know, Derby hanging out, the, out in a warehouse.
0: The,
1: yeah, you know, yeah.
3: The, the Sting Derby stuff, the, the Moxley promo, like, again, him just like coming across like a, a big star there. um Fell of Park like doing his Billy Big bollocks, like kind of uh, promo kind of thing that he was he was coming out there. I thought, mate, like, that was fantastic. You know the the Britt Baker character stuff what a heel she is, like the way they've just developed yeah. it. There's not many fucking better heels knocking about them than Britt Baker, just the little stuff she's doing there, like positioning stuff at the camera, like looking down the camera, pinning someone and counting down the camera, you know, that putting that shitty pink glove on that means nothing, but it just adds that bit of heat and things like that. It just got her so right as well. And I just yeah, totally just left this, this show just thinking, Oh God, they've got it right. And, I'm just hyped for more of this year. I just feel like they're just getting better and better. Like too.
1: I love it. Yeah, I mean, I i share your positivity for the majority of AEW, and I think the it's, thing with yeah the thing with AEW is I will always give them the benefit of the doubt. Where I would have some doubt of, <laughs> I did think on this week's show. Like I, I mean, I've raved about the rest of the show, and yeah, I love that main event I, you know, any kind of young book smoshy tag where with the Dark Order in is always gonna be a lot of fun too. You know, I love I love what they're doing with the Dark Order, that they've subtly made them baby faces now and they're just mm. they can lose a match like that in the main event, doesn't hurt them. Um and I love that. And there's a lot of good things to like about AW. But I really like the low the low point of AEW right now that I'm really not getting is this Cody Shack stuff. Like, oh, that's no. a, that segment was bad on this show like i'm not letting yeah,
3: them off. I'll give you that. <laughs> i'm not letting them
1: off because like we give him i will i will happily give cody the benefit of the doubt i trust cody like I, i'm sure or at least i've been sure it will come good i just don't understand okay brandy can't wrestle great bit weird that they put it in the program despite the fact she was like what four months pregnant or something at that point but whatever mm. Why is it now Red Velvet and Jade Cargill? Why is Cody versus Shaq not enough story on its own? Why is Shaq even here? Why is he even facing Cody? Why does he care about Cody? What's the story? I'm so confused.
2: Like, uh, this stuff is bad. Who, who's Jade Cargill? <laughs> I still don't know that question.
0: <laughs> what's she the turns Shaq? <laughs> up. I,
2: I don't know who she is. I'm just like, uh, who is this person who turns up, gives out shit? It's like, I don't know who you are. I really have no idea like Claire Lynch means as much <laughs> as Jade Cargill does. And why
1: is just actually... the heel? Like why, why should we, why should she She's a heel clearly. It, it's just a battle of TNT
2: programs is the only thing I can think about it. So you've got <laughs> like him appearing on like kind of like on NBA on on TNT. Mm. You've got Cody and that Go Big program that's hosted by by Snoop Dogg. So they decided to set a feud out of this. And like one of the things I heard is like, well, Shaq, he seems a bit more motivated for doing this. Like, well, he could have fucking fooled me. <laughs> he really does look like he is sleepy, sleepwalking his way through every aspect of this. It's gonna have to be the carry job of Cody's life. Honestly, this would have been well, like beyond the old man to be able to do this. <laughs> Even back in his heyday in Florida and the rest of it, mm. like it, it, it's gonna be bad, and it makes no sense. Like there is just. They don't like Cody, but we don't know why at all. And apparently this person, who's never wrestled a match, carries some kind of importance around. Like, and and now they're a play- I think the Red Velvet thing is because she's part of the Nightmare family. I think that's the only possible, like, JP, oh, Sorry, she, mate. What's, what's the Nightmare family? I
1: don't understand what it is.
2: Uh, I, it's the training camp, oh, isn't okay. it? It's the American top team, yeah. They're good, they're but even tracking. then... Yeah. I get you. They have got a tracky. They have got a tracky. They have got a tracky. on <laughs> likes wearing that tracky. Gets good use out of that tracky. That is true
3: too. I, I tell you what. It's the only good. It, it, like if I was talking about like Dax Harwood, there is like been the throwback to nineteen ninety. on that is like the. I would skipped past that that one. I was going down my notes because literally the only thing I've written here is like I'm starting to question the value of Ann Anderson as an on TV figure because like the the bit of promo that he did on this segment with Cody. Mm. I just hadn't, no, I, 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 it was so inconvinced. I couldn't understand yeah. exactly what point he was trying to make. And I've had this feeling with Arn quite a few times of late. Like he just rumbled. I thought he was better on the mic than he, like he's, I've seen him deliver some great promos in the past, but I haven't seen many in AEW. Like his, mm. um, uh, he, he sort of just feels surplus to requirements to me. And I've just got no sort of, reason you know understanding of why why he's there and what he's supposed to be and ultimately what he adds because I don't think like he adds he feels really? like he takes away from Cody to, to, to me currently
1: the the, the the Cody Vanity projects give and the Cody Vanity projects take away. Um yeah he's he's 41 read he, his book and style's just it's pure ADHD with Cody. Like it's just why is Arn with him? Because one week Cody just decided he wanted to have Arn in his corner. Why is he feuding with Sha <laughs> <laughs> whatever Cody just decided it was a good idea. One day, Um I, I, I'm hoping. I'm hoping. I've, I, I lost a lot of hope this week with the segment, but I'm hoping it comes good uh, and Cody pulls it out. It's just that in comparison to Tully and how much
2: entertainment true, value too. he added when he comes in and he does the spike pile driver and stuff mm-hmm. like, and you're going like, "Fucking get in!" Like I, I was just coming out after, and and he's he's just always so quiet. It's all about the mannerisms, mm-hmm. isn't it, with him? But he, he's very good at kind of like kind of hiding it. Whereas yeah, with this stuff with like if there's a match that Arn should be saying to Cody, You're not wrestling in this, this is fucking dumb. It's this mm. after all the advice he gives. Mm. But he's now no, I'm gonna give you a tag team partner for this. It's her, she's inexperienced, so she'll take the fall. Mm. Right. Okay. Like it just be and it will end up with Jay Cargill winning and I'm I've never seen her wrestle. I'm not even convinced she's a real person at this point, but I can almost guarantee that she's probably shouldn't well, like a real person. Like, no, I'll give her that. Fuck me, I, that, I, I don't lot. have any. I, I, I'd be, I'd be shocked if she turns out to be like. She'd better be fucking amazing, yeah. Like that, either. that bloke from TNA, that that American football. Oh, the one he like, just turned up and in. was amazing! Oh, I can't great match, it. and just went yeah. right. That's me done. I'm off. Like that's <laughs> the kind of level she's got to be at. All this. and I can't see it
1: happening. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was gonna say as well. Like I mean, I don't want to harp on the negatives. Great show. What the fuck was Ryan Nemeth doing on this show? Like, well, like. Oh, oh, Is he Dolph Ziggler's brother? Is he? Because there was nothing about him that reminded me he was Dolph Ziggler's brother, other than the fact he literally came up, turned up, cosplaying as Dolph Ziggler. Like <laughs> he did not <laughs> look like a like a yeah. man who was not been in a ring in a long time. He was horrific in there with Hangman Page, and this was the edited version of the match. That was such an an odd one. Feel like that's another Cody favor or something uh, that got him that landed him on uh, on this show. But I suppose uh, those two negatives aside, it was. It was a strong dynamite, and I am I am very much looking forward to Beach Break on Wednesday.
2: Yeah, I, I'd say. Although I would say, in defence, sometimes the, these wacky jobber things they do, I'm kind of fine with it because it's it's just like, oh, I remember them from somewhere. Who is this? But obviously, I'd like seen his name, and it's just like, oh my god! Like, mm. imagine you humili- imagine if you started cosplaying, or your brother started cosplaying like you, Benno. you'd be like what the fucking stop that now that is
1: weird behaviour at best starts his own Patreon his own wrestling podcast he'll never do that Maybe an FBL podcast, <laughs> maybe.
2: Which you can find
1: at um, pipefruit.com forward slash grapple. Coming so soon. We haven't done a plug for a good while. Come cool. on. That's very true. Oh, awesome. So, yeah, like I say, we'll talk more AW when, uh, when Beach Blast uh, happens. Uh, I'll, I'll throw in a, a cheap plug for I uh, know Steph's doing a, a preview show for Beach Blast on Wednesday um, before the show on her YouTube channel. You never knew, know who might turn up for that. I'm just saying that too. Um, New Jack? So, yeah. Well, yeah, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett, I believe is uh, it's gonna be in the building uh, <laughs> uh yeah you can check that out uh, on youtube on wednesday but yeah we'll have plenty of thoughts uh on that ourselves next week uh yeah i mean anything else you guys want to want to mention uh, before we we get out of here
3: i mean i know we're pl- i know we're plugging our own increase in content and um yes rightly so don't ignore uh don't ignore our increase in content but I just have to say, that and just point people in the direction of Graps and Claps because if you haven't heard <laughs> Jeff's shanty on Graps and Claps audio this week, then you are fucking missing out. Get get on, oh. search for Graps and Claps on podcast on, all on, on your podcast, and you will be singing. I don't know how many times that I have said out loud since the weekend recycling booking from his pro get to run, but I've been <laughs> yeah. walking around my house singing that song for days. It is the funniest thing I've heard in ages. So I just, I couldn't not give a shout out to, uh, to, to grabs and claps there because fucking hell it was good. But then uh, mm. once you've listened to that, obviously um, think about the uh, wonderful uh, Patreon content that um, we're going to be supplying you with over the next, uh, next few weeks. And um, yeah, um I should know the details off the top of my head, by now, but I'll, uh, I'll I'll leave that to you.
1: Yeah, like I said, Patreon.com/grapple. Like we said, there's uh, there's three tiers there for uh, for people to subscribe to, and we appreciate anything. Um, if there, there's anyone there, anyone wants to uh wants to wants to give up all the hard-earned money to uh to subscribe to hear more of our uh already itself so yeah if you are uh if you are interested in more content from us uh, we do genuinely appreciate it and it you know we do appreciate the uh the support for the uh, the work we've put into the uh, the podcast over the last few years or so but yeah that's it really the uh, patreon.com slash grapple have i said that enough jp patreon.com slash grapple
2: um people can well just in case it. you hadn't heard it, it's com forward slash grapple <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> a
1: but uh, we don't even need to say that anymore. That's <laughs> different right, people. Also... Well known. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you'd but... be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We get some of that. Um, yeah. So there you go. That's the, that's the main plug this week. I'll, uh, I'll save the Twitter plugs on the like, uh, people should be can check that out. As we said, our, our no holds bar reviewer will be up this week. And like I say, there'll be uh, more content uh, where that came from. And uh, yeah, let us know uh, on Twitter and the like, uh, what you'd like to, to hear from us too. Um, but yeah, I think that's it. Uh, that's it for us uh, for another show um before we go though gareth has something to say <laughs> sorry yeah. i couldn't think of it a natural way to do that gareth was waving at the screen which you will see wait, on patreon.com slash grapple from next week when we go yeah. live on video
3: indeed, indeed waving frantically as i just suddenly remembered oh, yes. The grapple don't forget, don't,
0: yes don't
3: forget don't forget to visit grapple forward slash grapple hyphen 100 Probably, if you just visit grappleapp.com dot com, then you'll see Grapple one hundred at the top there. You can see the uh, the top one hundred matches of the year, which we published a, a couple of days ago. Yeah, so um, so the full list is is up there now. But um, there's a couple of sort of articles on the front page as well, as we've looked at things like we've referenced there the. Um, the the m v p s of the year so just looked at a bit of a statistical breakdown at who was performing the the best over the course of the year there as well in do as well as doing like a bit of an overall review, looking at how twenty twenty compared to twenty nineteen and looking at the impact of the clap crowds and the no clap crowds versus the the start of the year crowds and you know the extent to which that did or didn't have an impact on average match ratings over the course of the year and that's something that we're just going to be continuing to put our echoes up over the over the next few days and weeks as well just looking at different things like your your top 10 matches that come from your different promotions or looking at things like the top 10 women's matches of the year or the top 10 tag team matches of the year and things like that so yeah just keep visiting the grapple and uh visit, have a uh, have a read over the hundreds and then look out for those those extra articles that are coming as well
1: there you go and uh if i'll throw in one quick last plug as well if you if you didn't get around to listen to our five hour uh, match of the year podcast where we did name the uh, the top 10 of the grapple 100 you just want to know what our number one was head to youtube.com slash grapple and uh, over there, there's, uh, I'll put a clip up of us uh, picking our number one. So, you know, there you go. Cheechy for you mm. uh, to get that content too. I think that covers it all. Anything oh, else we well. need to mention, JP? Um, I'm on Tinder, but it's a complete waste of time. I'm going
2: to throw that out there as well. <laughs> Tinder.com
1: slash grapple.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it is, yeah. No, what, what,
1: do I what do I get
3: for 25 quid, JP?
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, you'd find out next week on grapple.com. Uh, uh, sorry, Patreon.com forward slash. I've got the web web not. I oh, fucked up that joke. It was going to be a good one. You'll find out the overrun next week, Gareth. That's, that's that's how much you'll find. When you get for twenty five quid. Romantic, di- di- dirty bastard. <laughs> I know you're expecting for twenty
1: five quid. Uh, indeed. Right. On that note, I'll wrap us up. We'll be back uh, next Monday. like I say we'll be talking beach blast, uh, everything else going on in wrestling. But yeah, that's it for us for another week. We'll see you again next Monday.
2: Bye.
0: On a sunny afternoon